we're back. We're here uh, uh, doing the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast for episode number 110. This is our final episode. 110 called Marco. 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 Hold on. Another really? O. Wow. Another O. <laughs> another O episode. It is. It's called Marco. That's great. I'm glad yeah. it's done. There's no pressure now. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm here with Vince Gilligan. Hello. And uh, co-creator Peter Gould. Hello. Uh, special guest Mel Rodriguez, who plays Marco. Hello. Marco. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Our, our DP, uh, Arthur Albert. Hi. And also another special guest, uh, holdover from 108 Podcast, uh, Patrick Fabian. Hello. Who plays uh, Hamlin, Hamlindigo. Hamlin. Hamlindigo blue to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're There's wearing a like a Hamlindigo I've got a color after me now. <laughs> my tombstone will be blue now. <laughs> and as always, uh, my uh, my former assistant and uh, and sometimes co-editor and definitely co-host and helper of this podcast, Chris McCaleb. What's going on? You want to talk a little, by the way, about uh, Chris, what he's doing next? Yeah, uh, Chris has uh, has moved on from being my assistant, and I was a total terrible boss. Now I think I'm one of the probably That's the not best true bosses. At all. Um, Chris is now editing the show for AMC, Halt and Catch Fire. Which is Yay, yeah, right. congratulations. Yeah, right. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's another yeah. Melissa Bernstein joint. That's right. That's I fo- right. I follow, I'll follow her wherever. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. Way. That's the way to play it. Very good. So yeah, no, I mean. And Chris um, co-edited this, ep- this episode. Chris, that's Chris, correct. Yeah, I did allow Chris to co-edit this episode. Also yeah, true. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> and this one was written and directed by uh, Mr. Gould. That's me. Who did a wonderful job. Yay. I can't remember any of it. I've been hitting the head since. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I can recall. Is it a blur? It's all a blur. Pr- frankly, everything is a blur the last yeah, yeah. six months. So not just this one, but That's, all of them. They yeah. are. They are. Yeah. It's a blur. Blurry t- blurry time. It's not a blur for me, i got to tell you. <laughs> I remember every painful <laughs> moment. The way you say that sounds dire. <laughs> it's not a blur for me. Um, we just finished epi- uh, editing this episode about a month ago. We finished. That sounds possible. I think it was mixed about two days ago or so. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just finished. But you've been living with it a lot longer than I have. This, Did it turn out the way you wanted it? It turned out better. Better than I could have expected. Oh, that's good. That's the right answer. Uh, and it's because of all the wonderful <clears throat> contributions of some of the people in this room. I mean, especially thinking about uh, Arthur's amazing work and, uh, you know, what you and Chris did, but especially, and especially Mel. Uh, thanks. Uh, you know, oh, Mel. Wow, thanks, Peter. So, that's... you know, and Bob, of course. Bob, yeah. Bob really, uh, he really brought it. And yeah. It's, it's, it's for, you know, for us in the writer's room, it's so exciting to get on the set and get to... Get to get to play, but also uh, you know not necessarily the most experienced directors, and so it's it's uh, it's great when you have a situation where the deck is stacked in your favor. <laughs> well, and it's this cer- is definitely that. That's it. Certainly felt like it. I mean, that that's kind of you know for as an actor, really like you know all you do in a situation like that once you read the script and know what you guys have done is just kind of surrender. You know what I mean? And just kind of like trust and have faith in everything you do. Uh, and, and just really just kind of like listen and shut up and you know and that and then and have a good time which is really what I feel like we did you know and I just you know whenever we needed little tweaks Peter would come in Bob would sometimes come in and uh, you know and, and and just kind of adjust here and there and it was just I felt like I was doing theater again I remember when I first because the when I first got those sides it actually took place at a pawn shop and I thought Oh my God! This is like American Buffalo, you know. Wow! <laughs> it really did. And, and those felt... those were those were dummy sides that were written dummy by sides. our uh, writer's then, assistant uh, uh, Heather Marion. Well, they were wonderful. Yeah, they were great. And 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 you know, and the script was just you know just 
you know, and people ask me since, like, you know, people have asked me after the fourth, number four, of, you know, did you improvise any of that? And I said, no, you know, I, I'd like to take credit for it, but I can't, you know, the writing is just so good. And with writing like that, I mean, it's really, I mean, you just kind of really just relax into it and, yeah. and just be. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I constantly see him want to give you big hugs because it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, you, really, and you have not seen the episode yet. I so, have not. No. So this I is, can't wait for you yeah, to see I it. I can't wait for you to Nobody's see it. You are great in it. Thanks, man. You are great in it. And you are great in it. And this is an interesting, everyone is great in it, all the actors. And this is the, the episode where we finally. No, I'm sorry. That was last week, where we finally saw. We can talk about. Oh, we though. see it. Yeah, we do see it finally. Well, we finally we see, see Hamlin that, that Hamlin light. isn't an asshole. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How about that? You know. Yeah. But, but this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about that? All so all those people on Twitter, you can take it all back now, all right? Um, <laughs> but I will say, but uh, what what episode one ten provides is, you know, it's Howard making nice with mm -hmm. Jimmy. Mm -hmm. You know, he he's there to sort of pick up the pieces of what he can and what, what I what I find interesting about that whole scene with him giving this he's glad to give him the money you know I think he'd like to even yeah. give him more money if possible yeah. um, but a deal's a deal and yeah. business mm -hmm. is business um, I think he is truly shocked at the depth of what Jimmy had been doing for Chuck when he hands him that laundry list yeah. of what he does for Chuck every day I think it's it gives Howard a pause of like I may have I may have misjudged the mark here mm -hmm. in terms of what you know whatever I've built a case on in terms of what I think Jimmy is, is wrong. And it's funny because it's equally wrong for Jimmy's case on me. But what I also feel in playing the scene, especially because it was in my office and I'm writing the check, but since there is none of this vitriol coming from Jimmy, the dynamic is different. And it's almost like with all that piss and vinegar removed, I felt very much like, uh, not the emperor has no clothes, but very much like a, a, a paper king. Because, mm -hmm. and it's because, it's so embarrassing to sit in front of Jimmy to sort of realize that I'm so indebted to Chuck that I'm being controlled by him mm -hmm. in some respects. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. fact is, you know, going harking back to nine when I actually, you know, I play the part I'm supposed to play. I don't know that it's going to be revealed, but when it gets revealed, then I am exposed for being, you know, forced. My hand is forced, mm -hmm. which means I'm not in control, which means I'm a titular head. And so then you start to go like, well, is Howard, does Howard have no confidence yeah. that he can't run this agency? Uh, you know, he, he can't run the firm successfully without Chuck completely, that he'll debase himself like this? Or is there a money issue that Howard is hiding somewhere? Or all of a sudden, like the, the sunshine and tan and George Hamilton-ness of Howard. And, and now you can look back retrospectively, he was he has not been really mean to Jimmy. He has not, he's sort of yeah. gone out of his way to, to not be a dick in yeah, some right. respects. Just yeah. like you said in, in episode, in the podcast for 108, where, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, people are reading into this just because Jimmy said Howard's an asshole but is he really? Right, Just the like evidence really isn't there. Mm. But it, it's, it's almost even worse. An asshole at least sort of has, the, has a, a joie de vivre or like a, a thing going on, you know? But this sort of exposes Howard as being maybe a flag flying in the wind, you know? Ooh. Or like an errand boy for uh, Chuck. Well, a little bit, or at least, his dirty yeah, work. absolutely. There's that sense of like, well, how much power does Chuck have? And yeah. But then it also bespeaks, and this goes all the way back to the beginning when Chuck has his disease. If he is that valuable, and that is the position I put myself in, 
then why don't I have the best doctors in the world working on this? Why don't I move as his secretary into his house? Why don't I spend all of this money hmm. towards the guy yeah, who, Peter who holds why? me up? But then, I, but then I think, <laughs> no, 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 but no, but ah, no, 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 but but then I think there may be a monetary issue about that, or maybe Howard's cheap or he doesn't see he's not as smart as he thinks he is i don't know all these things come into play and all of a sudden i felt like jimmy sort of wins in terms of winning and losing the scene i feel like jimmy exits the scene a winner and i'm diminished a bit huh. is sort of what it felt like yeah. playing i mean i will say so like at the end when you when you say it's almost like you're trying to like put yourself or, or howard's trying to put himself back as being the good guy that he always thought hey, he was. Hey, remember I used to always call you Charlie I used Hustle? I to call you Charlie Hustle, remember? That's, that's such a nostalgic, like, totally. hey, remember the good old days as opposed to obviously what's not now so good? And that includes me somehow. Mm-hmm. Like when we were better people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I know. I also like the scene because it's also sort of ambivalent about that as well as things. It's just, it's sifting shan, uh, shifting sands. I like that moment because he's trying to be a nice guy and the thing he... he hangs on to I called you Charlie Hustle is actually demeaning but he's so clueless (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't know he's because you can see Jimmy kind of wince like yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's also there's a wonderful moment yeah there's so many wonderful moments in that scene but especially when uh he calls you. He says, "I'm sorry, I called you a pig fucker." Right. (laughs) And 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 you can see you can see you kind of yeah oh yeah there's that. And you kind of swallow it again and move on. That's and my mother's your, face. That's my mother's that. face at yeah. the dinner table. It, if you oh, say yeah. anything distasteful, it was, oh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was glorious. Well, your mom is your mom is a wonderful lady. It's glorious. Patrick, I'm curious because um, I really don't know about this part of the, I guess the process. Um, all, all like you've been getting scripts all this time. I don't think. I mean, I know how these guys write, and I know how they get how often they get scripts you know to the set early so i mean you're getting the scripts in you know in the time that that we all get the scripts Mm -hmm. and you're learning more and more about your character and so when the bombshell on number nine hit how did how did you react to that as an actor and then you know did it i mean how did how have you basically reacted to the the unfolding of your character throughout the 10 Speaking from my own process, yeah. uh, not the less information, the better, but I don't need to know, uh, you know, playing the end of a scene or a piece or anything. For me, you're talking about theater, you absolutely. know, playing the end of the play and the first scene yeah. is just the death Big, now. Absolutely. And I'm guilty of it as, as much as anybody else can be because it, you just get in your head and thinking about stuff. So what was great about this process was as things were being unfolded to me, you know, uh, if I was, if my horses were running off into a different direction, we had such good directors and, and writers there to help nudge me back on the beam, I like to, I like to call it, you know? Um, and a reminder of, you know, everything is not necessarily what you think. And also a great reminder from being an actor, back me up on this, please, sure, you know? Sure, Of like, I, I never think of my of your character as evil, bad, or anything. It's all about your no, point of view of how you're operating in the world, yourself. right? Absolutely, yeah. No, there's no judgment on, you know, you can't judge your own character. And, you know, that's interesting. Playing the end of the scene is a big mistake I think we all make sometimes. I remember doing it for a moment in 110 and Bob saying, no, you don't you don't know I'm leaving yet. You know, there's a scene where, you know, and, and I was like, you know, kind of trying to stop him from going in the very beginning, not even knowing that he was going yet. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's sort of a common mistake. So consequently, absolutely. when I finally see the script where that happens in Nine, where it's like, oh, it's not me, it's, it's, it's Chuck. Uh, what's great is that all along we've sort of been running... 
we've been running a train that's parallel lines, you know, where, where nothing, nothing is definitive. And uh, we're really seeing the story through, through, through Jimmy's eyes. And so consequently, it's that weird thing of like, oh, I want more information. I want more information. But really, why? All I need is the information on the page. I know my position. What's my relationship to, the, to this character at this moment? And then it comes down to just talking and listening. And Absolutely. so, right, if Bob, keep, Bob's giving present. me something, right, keeps you present. Absolutely. And, and, you know, instead of flailing around, and I said this before about like reaching the back of the house and let me show you. Yeah. Let me, let me show you what's going on, you uh-huh. know, the, uh, and maybe that's a, a, a Maybe that's just being around writing. What we used that, to call indicating. Support. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally, right. You get to sort of like, I don't want to say sit back. It sounds like you're not doing anything or being lazy, but there is a sense of being able to relax into talking and listening and knowing what you're doing because the writing is so strong. And so therefore, you know, when you're working against Bob or something like that, he's coming with you with something, with many things. Absolutely. And all you have to do is observe and, and, and absorb them and listen. Yeah. And, and we love to watch people listen. Absolutely. Not show me that you're listening. No. And I, you know, and I need to be, and, and guess what? That's why I don't direct myself because I don't think I'd be very good at it. You know, that's why I need and trust the people on the other side of the camera to be like, well, that was nice. Now we have that. And uh, now let it <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel good about that? Okay. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, I mean, Patrick, do you feel a little vindicated as far as like, you know, how it actually played out in, in the narrative? Um, I'm, there's always that urge to like want to, you know, who doesn't want to be the, the, the bad guy, you know, the, the evil guy or something like that. There's a, there's a, there's a romance to that. Um, Vanity Fair early on in, in, uh, when the show started running, wrote a, a piece and they mentioned my name and they just put it aside in parentheses and said, has Patrick Fabian ever played a character we could root for? <laughs> and it was very oblique, but no, I didn't. I didn't take it badly because you know I was sort of chalking up stuff. I'm like, yeah, I've been the CEO. You know, you know, does bad things. Uh, the doctor who, you know, I mean, I've, you know, my mother always says like, do you get killed in this one? Are you killing somebody? <laughs> I don't know why she's Jewish all of a sudden, by the way. <laughs> uh, and so it's not even vindication. I just what I like about it is you know. In, in, in the, the world that, that uh, Peter and Vince have created, you know, nothing is what it seems and things much like life are much more complicated than they appear. And so what I love about the sort of the ending, uh, at least with Howard's storyline at this point, is it really is sort of like, oh, I've, I've misjudged Howard all this time. And it makes you sort of like a kaleidoscope sort of rethink the whole the whole first season in terms of like, well, who else have I misjudged and what else is it? And then we get the capper at the very end, of course, with, you know, let's make some money. And you're like, oh, wait, now we're shooting off somewhere else. What does that have to do with all these people? And how does that make them affected? So I, uh, no, vindication, it's not even, I don't think so. I just think uh, it just adds, it adds a great layer of like, what's next? And also it leaves the door open for him to actually be a douchebag. What is Howard really like if he really wants to be a douchebag? <laughs> Good question. Good question. There was an ex. I mean, just speaking strictly as an audience member, you know, people always you have to turn stories. So, so the fact that Howard was clearly the villain, so clearly the villain from the beginning, made me feel like he's either going to turn out to be the greatest guy in the world, or he's going to be such a villain that you couldn't even imagine how dark and horrible he was. Arthur, tell him him what you were pitching for me. 
you were pitching for the storyline for me to be. Which one? The, the, <laughs> the oh. vampire. Oh, yes. I, I was pitching Howard as a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> because, it, you know, you, it's like, where can they go with this? You know, he's obviously bad. Arthur, don't hit the table. Vampire. <laughs> I become Edward Herman from the Lost Boys. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Well. Um, I just wanted to uh, uh, talk a little bit about that because I know you got to skip out, Patrick. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't want to lose you because you know we, unfortunately, we don't have Bob, you know, on this one. So I wanted to at least get your perspective on the Chuck. I guess you know how Chuck is treated. How truck is well, Jimmy just the whole two time. quick things to sort of wrap that all up with the whole experience of working with with Bob and Michael McKean you know there was a conference room in 109 we do the conference room thing and it's where Chuck does you know where I am I am the patsy I, I call it the patsy scene and and I don't think he likes he's uncomfortable playing that role yeah mm-hmm. he's uncomfortable playing that role Howard is Howard is uh, having to be the bad guy in this, but this is the script but that is being told. He's always been the bad. He's always played that role, yeah, well, but not in front of Chuck, I guess. Yo, not yeah, not really. And I, I, I don't see it that way. Okay, I, I guess is the clearest answer to that. Okay, but we're doing the scene. This is a practical thing, so we're doing it. And, and, and Bob, it's, it's Bob and me, and Bob's doing his reaction and whatnot. And Michael, and during one of the takes, just goes, "You know what? I think it would be important if Chuck and Howard have an acknowledgement at some point during it." He goes, I'm not sure what it is, but it should be it should be something that plays to hmm. what's going on, even though we've clearly had the conversation before saying you need to fire him. And it was the sort of thing as an actor where, you know, uh, uh, we do the scene and all of a sudden he just, he doesn't tell me when it's going to happen. And all of a sudden he's sort of like, I feel him like, give me a look, like a, like a harsh, like, oh, Howard, how can you do this to me? And it evokes a sort of reaction of like, what do you mean I'm going to fucking do this to you? You, you made me do this sort of thing. <laughs> And then we finished the scene, and he leans over and he goes, oh, I think that worked, right? And it was that reminder of, you know, your heroes are your heroes for a reason. You know, here's somebody who, uh, I can't say, uh, rest on his laurels, a giant career, a long and buried career. And if he wanted to coast through this and sit to the side of Bob and watch Bob do the heavy lifting, he could. He chooses not to because he's totally engaged with what's going on. Talk about listening, right? Nothing passive about that. He is observant like a hawk as to how this is unfolding (laughs) and wanting me to... Keep me on the beam as Howard playing and you his have, thing, and you're and you're just you're forced to because and you're, you're forced to you, you can't you can't no not not I mean you just every breath it's jazz man yeah jazz. and and that's thrilling yeah and and we finished that and he was like isn't that great I'm like oh that is great isn't that fun and it, that was like it was like working with him and the same with Bob. You know, much like you were saying, you know, Bob would remind me of my own things that I was doing. Uh, very first scene in the network scene, the very yeah. 101. Oh, yeah. You know, we were just sort of getting, it was, it was up and running the first bit, and we were just, all of a sudden we ground ourselves into, oh, that sounds like we're saying lines. And he, said <laughs> as, and he said as much, and afterwards, and this is the first time you're getting to work, and he goes, he goes, hey, can we just talk to one another? And I'm like, yes, yes. I said, And then I was able to say to him, here's the thing that's going through my brain. Hey, I'm working with Bob Odenkirk. He's Saul Goodman. He's the number one in the show. He goes, great, let's get rid of that, and now let's right. talk to one another. Yep. And then we started talking to one another, and you were doing, uh, Vince, you were doing something else at the moment, and we just had that conversation. Wow. We did the very next take, that. and uh-huh. you said, oh, that was good. That was re- Not that the other ones weren't good. Whatever that was. Let's do that well, right again. And it, was, and it was on the heels of uh, two actors talking and listening, saying, hey, I'm feeling funky. How can we work the, 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 the King's Adams? You know, my goodness, he, knows yeah. how to, he really knows how to diffuse that. And I, you know, he, there was, I flew in on a Saturday, I think it was, a Sunday. And he, you know, it was, it was the, uh, it was like, you know, last episode, he'd been working like crazy. And, 
you know, he invited me over to his house. And when I was at his house, similar thing happened. You know, it was like, oh, I'm on a, you know, Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan show with Bob Odenkirk. And, you know, and that was his time to kind of say, hey, let's get rid of all this crap. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let's make it about the work and about these guys and where they're from and their relationship. And, you know, and, and you know, make it about, you know, two actors working together. And, and absolutely. And I think Bob is really, and Bob knows that, um, that there is that element, you know, we're all a little nervous coming in and there's, you know, and he just sure. wants to get rid of all that crap and just make it fun. And, uh, yeah, that's why it was great. Just to reiterate what you and just then, said. And then also, uh, since yeah. he's sitting right here on my left, you know, Arthur paints such a beautiful palette yes. for everybody to inhabit. And, uh, you know, there's nothing I like more than having a pretty picture taken of me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, it's so great to inhabit the world that Amen. Arthur frames up and, and shoots for us, and uh, and it really sets the bar high for any other job that I might have, you know, because I'm like, oh, this is what it can look like and right. do. And when you're supported with great writing and great <clears throat> photography, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm, I, I I I do know what I'm doing. That right. looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Just put up the suit and just show up, right? Say the words. Yeah, get out of your, be, get out of your way, man. Yeah. Just get out of your own way. Yeah, the, the words elevate everything. You know, I mean, writers create the world, and you know, and actors rise to that, and the crew rises to that. Um, you can only be as good as your script. Wow, it is. It is well, and the script can only be as good as. The photography and the acting and the directing and I mean it, it really is it, it it's in such an organic process and that you, if any one element of that organism gets cut out the whole organism dies That's I true. mean it really is we're we're lucky to have each other it's, this is, uh, so this we're is, we're on for vampires for season two <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to this say is why, this is why this is why it's a miracle when anything ever works because yeah. everybody has to be at the top of their game well, that and, is and true. also you have to. There's an element of just luck, and it's. I, I love what Mel said, jazz. You know, there's, a, there's an element of people just playing well together. Well, I mean, that's. I just heard that story for the first time. I was there. I was on the set on the pilot. I didn't know that. I was busy talking to Arthur, saying, well, what if we move the camera over, over here? And Arthur said, give me ideas. You were moving and the pastry at that point. I was, was going to say that lines. you were moving the lamps on was, the table. I was doing some dipshit. <laughs> I was so psycho about those U-shaped those lights. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's yeah. what you lined were doing. Up I, know, you're doing. I was like leaving the acting to the experts. Yeah. This, is, this is how you can be a know-nothing director and still look like a genius. Well, the smartest, thing, the smartest thing, and, he, and the thing that people don't talk about, but directing the most significant thing you do as a director is casting yeah and if you bring the right people you bring the right people to play yeah. you don't have to do that much that's true and you know mel one thing i don't know if you realize but one of the reasons i i think we i don't know exactly how you came to audition for us yeah but it came under the auspices of diane mercer who's one of our uh, who's one of our producers and she had worked uh on enlisted that's right and yeah. diane's in charge of all the posts and everyone on enlisted loved you so much such a different you. character that, that when she <laughs> that when she when she heard about this this character and just our description of him she said you have to see you have to see mel oh thanks and diane. uh and, and you know one there were so many people who brought i mean you know we're in a very lucky position where we get to watch people try out these characters for sure. size and one there were so many wonderful things that you did that really made you the, the I, I can't conceive of anybody else playing it now but especially there's a warmth to there's a warmth that you brought to it oh, and you, that Peter. you when you watch the, when you watch these two guys and even in the episode 
the first episode you appeared in 104 when when uh, when you rise up behind Bob and, and he, yeah you, you get, the reveal there's this there's this, there's this uh, playful warmth between these two guys they are just they are just the perfect two buddies well I really you know I really I really liked Bob I mean with when when he gave me that gift in the very beginning where it was like come to my place let's sit down let's talk have a glass you know have have some sodas or whatever together and you were boozing you know, it up wait we yeah. Yeah. wait wait sodas? I, I heard you I heard yeah, wait, no, really, what did you drink? Oh, wow. What did you drink, really? This isn't the Disney Channel. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, come on over. Let's have a drink. So let's nice. have a drink. And, you know, and, like, let's let's just hang out and yeah. find each other's kind of rhythms and stuff. And when he did that, I, you know, obviously that completely disarmed me. And I thought, I really like this guy, Bob. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to and, – and then, you know, there were just all – the pe- people in wardrobe and every, every – like we said, it was – I could tell that this was a team show, you know, and so it made me really, I mean, it gave me the kind of the green light to be just, you know, to just give it everything. And, it, you know, and I felt like everyone was, you know, props was a part of this thing. I got ideas from props. I remember they were like, well, if you hit, you know, with, with the hitting of the, the bottle thing, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they were like, well, if you hit it like this, it looks kind of better because it looks like, you know, it looks like you've got more experience kind of doing yeah. this. And that added something to the character. Um, yeah, it, it was just, uh, I guess, uh, I just lost my train of thought. But, uh, you know, when, when, when Bob did that, it was just such a cool cool thing that I, I just, um, yeah, I, I felt kind of like he was saying, hey, man, we're, we're buds. Forget about all this other stuff, and let's just, let's just have some fun, man. Because, it, you know, it's a, it's, it's a tough thing. You're yes. flying in from L.A. Yes. Uh, you don't know anything. You've, you've, read, you've read a script, and everybody, a lot of the other people there, know each other. Yes, and you have to, you have to just slide into a character who knows a guest spot. Who, know, who it, knows this? And you absolutely. guys have a history a, together. A, a guest spot, although this didn't feel like a guest they spot at all. They have a bromance. Yes, we it did. A bromance. It is, it a, is bromance. a total and, bromance. And I'm not joking is. or laughing about uh, it. But I mean, that's the big. That's a, it's a nightmare for actors, really, is many it? a time. Is absolutely, yeah. because you, you, you know, you, everybody's on set has. Uh, you can back me up on this, Patrick. Everybody on set has, you know, is in on all the jokes and, has, <laughs> right. you know, and has, you know, and ha- they have this relationship and this bond that you are absolutely not a part of at all. And I knew I was coming in for the finale. You know, I mean, here these guys had 10 episodes under their belt. And I thought, oh, God, you know, I'm I've and so, on some level, it really, it's like, you know, hey, <laughs> it sets a fire under your ass because you're like. This is this is Vince Gilligan and Peter Cool. You need to fucking bring your A game, brother. You know what I mean? You better bring and it. You need to bring it. That's so, it. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it just it couldn't have gone down any differently. Well, you, you didn't know? bring your A game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When when I found out that you were dying in a scene, I thought, well, he's got to have a twin brother. There's no <laughs> other. <laughs> yes. And Arthur wasn't the only person who pitched. Who pitched that he's not really dead. Absolutely. He's Absolutely. not really dead. Or that it was the long con. Yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a super long con, well, and I'm actually not, still alive. Well, no, the, the coolest <laughs> thing. I pray. The coolest, <laughs> thing about, the coolest thing about that, and I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen next, but the coolest thing about it is you made it in the past, and you have established, like, we never had, Flashbacks, I think, in Breaking Bad. If we did, there were. Oh, like, we did. We did. We did. Not, Can't remember. Yeah, we had flashbacks. But now not, not as you, many, made, you made it a yeah. point in this yeah. show that yeah. you, there's a you rhythm. Could easily of flashbacks. has yeah. more yeah. of this. Yeah. And I think, I mean, not to you know say anything about you know what you guys have plans. I have no idea. But to me, it's almost like this was a really, really, really important relationship yeah. in Jimmy's life. So to me, it makes 
perfect sense for it to come back over and over. Now, I have no idea what you guys have planned. Sorry, Mel. Well, I don't no, know. When I read that, you know, when I read that I was the reason, excuse me, I'm sorry, but when oh. I read the, that I was the reason that, you know, Jimmy McGill wears his pinky ring, I was like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was so yeah. cool, How huh? cool is yeah. that? Yeah. When did we or come fucking, up with fucking. that? That was. <laughs> ah. I, you know, I, that, that this episode was broken. This was the last episode. It was the one that was broken most close to production, yeah. so it was. It, we were, as we were breaking it, it was, and it was, it was a tough one because the previous episode, uh, Jimmy's whole world is just destroyed, yeah. and so it was. Where do we go from here? And I, I, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, well, maybe the other one should have been the last episode because you know, what, what, where do we go from here? And it was. Uh, so every day that we took breaking, I was thinking to myself, well, this is one last day. I'm going to have to actually write this thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you manage so we, to write we, the whole episode. And the, it's a very short flight from L.A. Yeah, well, to Albuquerque. <laughs> I'm not, and I am not, I am not a fast writer at all. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not. It's, I wish, I wish I were as, as quick as, as, as some both. folks I are. I wish I were too. Uh, and I keep wondering if maybe taking Ritalin is the answer, but apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently it not. It only works someone, for teenagers. Someone, someone recently told me it doesn't really work, so. No, it only works but for teenagers. It's, um, it, it was, it was, so there, it's, by way of answering Vince's question about the, the pinky ring, I think it was just all a big tumble. We were, we were, uh, things were, th the ideas were really coming fast and fierce. Once we knew what the episode was, which, yeah. which took us a long, which took us a long time. There was a whole, there was a whole different version of this episode, which would have also been a lot of fun, but did not have the Marco character. And that would have been a crime. Yeah. That would have been a shame. I'm so glad we did. There was a long version I think I can say this much. Took place at a uh, local casino hotel. That's right. Uh, that would have had some fun in it, but it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have had the emotion, and it wouldn't have been. Uh, it wouldn't have been as good as, as as seeing Marco and learning about Marco. That's right. And it would have been as. Vince Gilligan curious. just said that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that just blows my mind. You know? no, I'm, I'm curious. You. Um, Thank when you, you guys, I, I can't remember the progression of how far you guys were, but I know that. Um, I mean, when we did episode 104, and we talked about this before, that episode 104 was short, mm -hmm. and we needed another scene. At that point, did you already have part of 10? Do you know you had Marco, and that's why you put Marco no, in front of In fact, that was the, the, the two big things that we were struggling with in the room, was what, what happens after we blow up the show in episode 9. Yeah. And the other thing, oh, episode 4 is short. And it, and and uh, part it was of the greatest blessing to us yes. that at 104 was short. But actually. but as it worked out, we kept on banging our heads against the wall against 10. And then at a certain point, we said, "Wait, you know, we let's resolve this 104 problem first. And somebody, maybe it was you, Vince. I don't know who it was. Somebody had just the image of this guy lying down. I think he might have been at that point lying down in the snow in Chicago. And what? Why is he yeah. lying? Why is he lying on? The, and somebody poking at him with a stick. Yeah. And the question is, yeah. what? What is going on? And it really it was. It was as. It was. Uh, it was just that image. And then uh, we had a very small writers' room at that point because a lot of the writers were off producing or writing, and uh, it was a very just a, a few of us at that point. And uh, then the scam emerged. This this watch scam, and that really intrigued us. We loved it. And then. We thought, well, this is this is this is the key. To, this is the key to episode ten, and because I and of course, as uh, you know, the odd thing is that this was all shot so out of order that um, you died in the alley. Yes, in this episode before 
Yes. We sh- before Colin came, true? before yeah. Colin came the next night and that. shot That's shot right. the teaser to 104. Yeah. So that it was it was it was all shot so completely out of order. Yeah. That it was kind of fun. <laughs> it was, it was wow. kind of fun, but yeah. it was it was it was it was an odd sensation, and it was fascinating to me to shoot in that alley yes. and then see Colin shoot it the next day and see what Colin did. That it was, was really it fun. was kind of a mind trip. Yeah. yeah, it was. And it was with two and with with, uh, with two different with you directing that's one. Right. And then uh, I forgot got it. Colin. There's Colin Colin, 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 Colin Buxy. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. right, right. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Man. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> what a great hustle by the way too. Like I just, you know a lot of people were um, uh, a lot of people were really um, Really, I on Twitter and friends calling me like you know oh that's really great what a great hustle you know the guy <laughs> yeah, people you know people I, are because it just aired people are talking about oh, it a lot yeah yeah um, and it's funny because people are like mentioning the sting yeah and um, yeah. and I I mean when I read it originally um, I think I think Chris you actually told me what it was before I read just tell me what it I, is and then I yeah. and then I said oh that that sounds a lot it's not the same but it's it's a guy on the ground and then there's just you know a switch and you know so i was like oh that sounds like the sting and then you guys put the little easter egg in there with uh, the prop because have, the, because yeah. Mel's, Mel's yes. driver's Marco's driver's license he's not going to use his own driver's license of course right his uh, name for, is, this, uh, is Henry Gondorf on Luther Street which is you know which are those are those are references to the sting which is still that's yeah. uh, Newman's uh, character's name that's he's right. Henry Gondorf right? Henry Gondorf right. well you know I think we have to say goodbye to Mr. Fabian I have to leave. Speaking of, of Newman. Oh, good answer. <laughs> Paul Newman. May I be so lucky, right? Uh, well, the pickles, right? The pickles are going to come back. Uh, yes. Um, thanks for having me at the podcast. Uh, thanks for a great season. Uh, listen to Arthur. This vampire idea has legs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just no bullets in Howard for season two. That's, That's all we're right. asking for. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Thank you. Pleasure meeting Thanks so job. much, Patrick. Um, let me ask you guys this, um, uh, Vince and Peter. When you guys first, you know, started like two years ago on this thing. Yeah. Um, um, now, when you started on this season, and you basically said, Vince, Vince, you said I'm going to direct the pilot, and then Peter, you said, Well, then I get the finale. Aha. Um, in Vince, your face. <laughs> Vince, <laughs> that's Vince. exactly how I said it. <laughs> Double down. Um, <laughs> um, Vince, you knew what the story was going to be. You guys have been talking about this for two years. Peter, you didn't know what your story was going to be at all, probably. Or did you? I mean, Absol- how? Absolutely not. I know how you guys work, so I don't think you guys like knew where your end was going to be. Yeah, but we you didn't. We did, don't. Yeah, but we didn't know that far ahead even what the pilot was going to be no. i mean honestly we, we're not working we have we're blessed with a great number of months more than probably any other show i can think of gets uh we're blessed with a great number of pre-production months by sony and amc but it doesn't mean and and we are using them we're not we're not farting around <laughs> honest to god i'm not just saying that because they may be listening we, <laughs> we we actually use every minute of it and uh but but having said that it takes us so long to figure stuff out because we go down a lot of dead end, dead end roads and whatever that we're not working as far ahead as it as it would seem likely that we would be. So we, we didn't even like know we didn't have this pilot script written until not too long before we shot it. I it's, think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we had yeah something like that. You know, it's, it's all it's all uh, it's it's more 
not to shoot a hole in your, it's more yeah. structured improvisation than it looks yeah not to shoot a hole in your thesis no. but just we're never as far no. ahead as we would i tell you what i i would i would pay i would i would give up quite a large sunk of chunk of my salary if I, I would, I would give up a you lot. Said half. Don't get in trouble. You said half. I, would, <laughs> I would give up. Don't, don't see, no, one, no one can grant this unless they're like a fairy godmother there or something. Go. I would give up half my salary. I yes, I can say that with boldness. Are you if, listening, Sony? If if <laughs> if we could have every single episode broken by the time we started shooting yeah. the first episode yeah. of any given season, because then well, that I could, would be I could, half your salary. I could direct more. I could I could be on the set more. Yeah. And those are things I like to do. I like doing those things more than being in this room where we're recording this, our writer's room. I, I uh, The people I'm surrounded by, uh, Peter and I are surrounded by, are great people. They're not the problem. Just the problem is sitting here day after day staring at a blank corkboard and trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out how to fill it. That, I could do without as much of that. But it's, that's the most important part of our job. So we got other, other great directors who can direct and, and all of that. But... It's, it's that film it's that you know that film production quality on tv time it's that you know which is really uh it's a, it's amazing what's happening on tv right now because it is yeah. we're lucky to be working on tv right now yeah. it, it's uh there's been great tv shows throughout the history of the medium but uh this really is you know it's it's an overused the golden age yeah golden it's age. it's overused but yet yeah. it yet it feels i mean i feel lucky to be it is a golden age and, and i feel man, lucky to be part of it me yeah. too i yeah. remember getting into this and thinking you know you know, the things that influenced me were these character-driven, you know, stories that were, you know, uh, a lot of stuff during the 70s, a lot yeah. of like uh, De Palma and Scorsese yeah. and, you know, those guys that told these really great stories. And, you know, you got to see how, how people ticked, you yeah. know, and you really got an in insight into, you know, like Patrick was saying earlier that, not, you know, not all bad guys are all bad, not all good guys are all good, right. you know, mm -hmm. right. and that we get to see this kind of spectrum, that it's not all black and white, that we get to see these kind of shades of of gray and the yeah. in-between what makes a guy do what he does you know yeah. good point. That, that i feel like all started with like you know kind of the sopranos and stuff oh absolutely yeah. and the wire like uh, arthur and i were talking about and then sure. that uh, you know yeah, and the then, hill street blues before that remember yeah, that show? what sure. a great yeah. show that was and and so many shows going back such a long time the the folks way back in the day were just as good a bunch of writers it, they had so much arrayed against them they they weren't allowed censorship censor wise and when i say i mean the sure the broadcast standards folks at the at the three networks back sure. in the day uh and the sponsors and the this and the that there's so much they couldn't and, do and they had to reach such an enormous audience right you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, I, a television show back in the day would have never been sustainable with a teeny tiny audience oh, that, no that, forget uh, about that it. breaking yeah. bad had. breaking bad wouldn't have yeah I have to ask well, Mel. Mel. I have yeah. to ask Mel one question, though. Yeah. Sorry, Kelly. I one thing I can't get used to is that you're sitting here and you're talking and you don't have a Chicago Just, accent. No. <laughs> can, you, can you can you talk about how you what you did to create? Because and you know Bob, you were sitting across from Bob, who really is from yes, the Chicago area, which is great. And yeah. he and he was he seemed really happy, and I was happy, and everyone else was buying buying this 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 work that you did. Oh, how thank did you, you do it? What did I, you do? Well, you know, I I watched a lot of his skits that he wrote, bear skits, right. and I figured you know I've got a I've got a pretty good ear, but you know. To hear that that overt those overt sounds, you yeah, know, trash. Bit, have it have it done really big, mm -hmm. you know, so that you know you know that eventually when you're on set, Bob will be there and hopefully he can tell you, <laughs> you know, we'll pull it back a little bit, you know what I mean? And so I I did, you know, I didn't know that I you, I remember when you guys cast it, you said, you know, uh, can he do a Chicago Chicago accent? And I thought, well. 
It, for them, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking gonna learn it right now. And I, and I had no idea how to do a Chicago accent, but uh, because but you're from, you're from Miami, Miami right? originally, yeah. yeah. And it's so different, you know. It's so different from New York or or um, you know any of the other big cities. Uh, but it's it's such a definitive sound, and uh, so I, yeah, I, I listen to a lot of guys. I listen to uh, uh, what's that? Jeez, um, uh, uh, ch- not Chickless. Uh, he was on. NYPD Blue forever. Oh, Dennis, Dennis uh, Franz. Dennis, Dennis Franz. Oh, yeah, yeah, Franz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Franz has got that great Chicago oh, yeah. Oh, accent, yeah, yeah. and uh, so I listened to him a lot. Did a lot of YouTube and stuff, but I literally had like two days to do it. Really? <laughs> is, that, is that all? Which is back to TV time. Yeah, yeah TV you know, time. Yeah. Where we're in, you know, in, on a movie, you'd have several, maybe even months, to yeah. like prepare for something like that. Yeah. And I think I had a couple days, and 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 I did, and then I sat down with Bob that Sunday night. Which was so generous of him. Again, I just, I can't get over. I, I kind of categorize actors that way. It's like, you know, maybe not so generous, and then the generous ones. Yeah. And and Bob is really beyond generous. He really is. Uh, it's funny. It never really occurred. I was working um as a, I was working on a friend of mine's, low budget personal indie feature, and it never. I mean, I'd been working as an assistant for several years, and it just never really occurred to me until I, because I don't spend a lot of time on the set. So um, when I was working with him, um, and I was noticing, I was like, "Boy, actors can really fuck you badly," <laughs> you know? Because I just it never I, I never thought about it like that because I never really thought about actors fucking up or not being able to do it. Yeah. Until I was there, and his actors did a great job. They didn't, but it was like it. it I like I said, I don't really spend very much time on the set, and since I was there, I watched, and I'm like. Okay, so these guys have really never met each other, um, and now they're called upon to do this scene, whether it be a really serious scene or really, really, you know, taking a lot of acting chops or whatever. You know, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a very, very serious thing or whatever. But if they don't, they got to come in. They don't know each other. They got to bring it, and they got to do it in three takes. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And I and it was I remember at that point watching. And Arthur, just so you know, I was I was a camera assistant on my friend on my friend's film. It was way fun, for one job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it was like I just noticed that that wow, actors these actors they got to come in and they got to bring it and they got to bring it in very few takes. And so when you were just mentioning how you you know you're coming in with a couple days you know uh, uh, you know a couple days um, prep on it, you've never met Bob and you've got to be. I mean, the one thing that, that yeah, stuck out... in our case, out, a 30-year history, you know? Yeah, yeah. the one thing yeah. that stuck out to me, and I told... I think I was talking to you, Peter, about this when we were working in the room. I definitely was talking to Chris about this, um, is that these guys... It, it, it These... Um, I, I mean, I hope I'm not overstepping here, but I feel like, for me, as an editor on this... Marco really loves Jimmy. Yes, Marco just... loves Jimmy as much as Jimmy loves Chuck. And Chuck is not giving back to Jimmy, this is my own, own opinion, but Chuck is not giving back to Jimmy what Jimmy really needs from Chuck. And Jimmy is doing the exact same thing to Marco. Absolutely. You know, and especially in this episode, you could just see it. And I mean, I also saw it in 108 um, mm-hmm. when, when Jimmy so wants Chuck's approval and Jimmy is so thrilled to have Chuck even think about working together. And he's so, I mean, you see it when they hug. Well, when Jimmy really hugs Chuck and Chuck's like, yeah, yeah, okay, you know. But 
Um, when we were cutting, when, when Peter and I were, were working on the scene where Marco actually dies, and there's a moment where Marco says, I, I really fucked up, you know, and he, Jimmy's like, no, 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 no. This is the best, this is the best week of my life. And I said to Peter, I said, you know, Marco's telling Jimmy, I love you at Absolutely. this point. And Jimmy is like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, this is, this is, that for me, that was a huge moment. Yeah, the only way that these guys in that, you know, from Cicero know how, absolutely he is. And like at, on his deathbed telling, there's a lot of man love there. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And I really do. And in, in I've only seen one through four thus right, far. So right. I'm, I'm with the rest of the, you know, the public. But I, I feel like the, their relation really, really does mirror mm-hmm. uh, him and, and Chuck's quite a bit. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, I remember when we did that first scene where we first kind of meet in the bar and Jimmy comes back after like 20 years yeah and you know and 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 you know and and Marco's kind of trying to like you know uh uh make his life seem bigger than it actually is because he you know he respects he respects Jimmy so much mm-hmm. and he wants him to you know to think that he's yeah. you know kind of you know done well for himself and how important that stuff how how important Jimmy's perception of Marco is to Marco you know and and then you know and then him kind of really just kind of like when he says you know he's just when he says something to him and i can't remember exactly he, what i think it is. it is it's the moment where he says your mom died yes and you didn't, and he come didn't come to see me. me and it just absolutely breaks my yeah. heart well, you play I, that beautifully i can't wait for you to see it it's beautiful when mm-hmm. i read because it it was like a huge moment yeah. and i didn't cut that 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 whole scene was cut by chris mccaleb yeah. Yeah. Chris did a great and job. i remember chris. when i read that that was a huge moment and when i saw because i have to i watch what chris does you know because i'm i'm overseeing you don't him, trust and him. I'm, <laughs> actually I i'm not i'm not to be trusted <laughs> i don't think yes. but it's no slippery. but you know what no it's it's that and that was i remember talking to you at that point chris because i said make sure that that moment needs to really hit oh yeah you know because mm-hmm. that is that it's, is the moment it's yeah. at that breaks mark for me i'm sorry i don't mean to like because you're here so you should talk about it but for me that was the moment that breaks marco's heart absolutely yeah i gotta say it's such a beautifully played moment because you do you do a really a, a wonderful thing i don't even know if you're oh you must be aware of it but i mean obviously you did it on purpose although it's like i don't even know if it's it's just so beautiful what you do uh, let me start over it's like it's so beautiful what you do because because the realization comes that he was in town and he and his mother had passed away and he didn't even call you and for a moment you can see the naked hurt the vulnerability oh, and yeah. the vulnerability mm-hmm. but then you go plunk and the and the lead shield comes down and you yeah. reach for your beer and you look off in the in another direction and you drink your beer and it's like you only see it for a second and then it then it gets shut down it's and, really nice thank you and i can't take all the credit for that because i remember peter saying to me saying you know this is you know I and mean, this is your best this is your your god you know this is this is your demigod you know what i mean this is this is slipping jimmy here and and he just told you he was in town and i referred immediately to a similar situation that had happened with me and a buddy and 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 i was like right yeah that's right oh god and then and and then that jimmy knows 
Marco well enough to know that immediately it's such something this, happened. It's tennis, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's just he he really he knows him so well that he yeah. sees he's hurt his friend. He's like, hey, so how about my car? Says, well, how about we do a little con? Yeah, for old time's yeah. sake. Yeah, and then immediately turns Marco mm-hmm. around, and it's just so beautiful, and it shows you really how what a good guy Jimmy is to some. You know, I mean, he does some bad things, you know, but he does, you know, but. You know, one. How about one last, one last con, well, one and then the, he gets a taste. You know, we're back at it again. One yeah, of the things that Chris absolutely. was saying that when we were discussing the scene, you know, Chris, you said to me it was something about when um, Jimmy's looking at the fifty cent piece when they're just sitting there, and there's this, there's this, there's this tenseness between the characters in that booth at that point, and um, and I think we were both looking at it at, at that point, Chris, and and you know, I, you said something like, well. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy needs to do this. He sees the 50 cent piece, and he's doing this for Marco. He's not Absolutely. doing it for himself. No. Right. He's doing it for he, Marco. He is, and, he I, and I could see that, that in Bob when he was sitting there just mm-hmm. kind of like contemplating, like, do I, do, I, do I yank my buddy out of this hole? You know what I mean? Or do I leave him there? Yeah. You know? And it's so beautiful when he does say, hey, you know? Let's do it. Yeah. But know? what kind of pressure is that for an actor? Like I said, you know, you got to be on. You don't know these guys. You're yeah. coming in. You got this heavy, heavy role to play. You're you're basically and, and the Ke- backstory for Bob. Kelly, don't point. don't forget too that this this scene that we're talking about. This is an act which is almost one continuous scene. Right. Right. It's, it, oh, it, yeah. is, it is. It is. I don't know. It's probably eleven or twelve pages, almost continuous dialogue. It's like it's, more it's, than like, that, it's that, like seventeen minutes. It's like seventeen minutes that <laughs> originally that, that. Oh, it's not that, anymore. No, it's, no, it's we, much, we, yeah. we trimmed a few. Like we trimmed a few. We didn't trim long. anything big. Believe me, man. No, but uh, we we did we tri- But and and it's and it's basically Bob and Mel. And then also, I want to shout out to Keith Kupferer, uh, who plays the Mark, yeah. who's just who's just great. And also uh, Ricky Staffieri, who plays the bartender. These two guys both brought it. Uh, yeah, they brought really? it, and they. And we, we, we didn't have the budget to go shoot in Chicago, but we sort of brought Chicago, we tried to bring Chicago to Albuquerque by bringing these actors who are both Chicago actors. Right. You know, and that's uh, and the thing is if you, if, you, if you kind of, with their words, with Bob, with these guys, and with this kind of, you know, this, the set decoration, all this stuff, the, you know, brings if, you did, you in. if you did close your eyes for a minute and say, <laughs> I'm in Chicago, and then opened them up again, you really were. I mean, that bar... That bar is great. Oh, it's so Arno's. great, isn't I love, it? And I love the uh, I love the uh, the the little uh, the little German guy with the with the, the with the leader hose. <laughs> that's on the, the Alpine Shepherd boy. That's right? Arno. Well, that's, that's a different Alpine. That's, that's not the Alpine. That's a different Alpine <laughs> Shepherd boy. I, I want to see T-shirts. Uh, 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 Tony Fanning and his Arno's bar. Did a great and job and Arthur that. Arthur observed, uh, I think correctly, that 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 little figure of Arno looks an awful lot like Tony Fanning. <laughs> yes. I, I did threaten him with Photoshop. And it was Alan Cho who designed did design that I believe along with along with a lot of other a lot of our other great art art direction. I want an well, Arno's T-shirt. Well, one thing I want to ask <laughs> about, just, yeah, since we're talking yeah. since we're talking about Arno's for a moment, you know, Arthur. One of the things I mean, you have this you have this bar set. It's it's you know that it's going to be you're going to be shooting on it for a really long time. One of the things that you did in this set that's so interesting, and just in general in this episode, is you used all this color. On your lights, and what, what was the thinking behind that? Well, I, I always try to work off of sources, and there was uh, red neon and blue neon, and so I used that as the source. Um, and I like mixing color because mm-hmm. you get contrast that way, um, and it's fun. 
And it looks cool. I yeah. does. It looks cool, and it looks it, it to me, to my eye anyway. And you can tell me it doesn't look like anything you did in the Albuquerque world. Uh, no, you know when we saw no. a bar, for instance, uh, we see bars earlier in the show. They don't look well, you know, quite the, like that. It was uh, the the bar where Bob was picking up the girl. That's right, the lady. It was a very upscale bar, so. Yeah. You know, it had to look kind of rich and mm-hmm. not. Where Chicago, the lighting was beer signs. So mm-hmm. yeah. You, yeah. you know, so you had that to work off of. Um, can you guys, since Arthur's here, can you guys talk a little bit about your decision to go from film? We were Breaking Bad was one of the last shows shot on film. Yeah. Now that's over. That was a heartbreaker, uh, Arthur. We were lucky to have. Yeah, Arthur, talk about film versus. What, what's your What's your experience of film versus video? Um, as someone who spent my whole career learning how to uh, expose film, I'm supposed to hate digital, but in <laughs> fact, I found it really liberating. Okay. Um, I, I remember being, especially when you shoot handheld, you're reloading every four minutes, yeah. and it's very hard for the actors because you, they get into a rhythm, and now you're down for eight minutes while you slate and reload. Um, the other thing is... Uh, shooting film is no matter how long you've done it and how careful you are you're never really sure you know if (laughs) the shadows are gonna just go into black or if you're gonna see what you want to see or if that window is gonna have nice detail or just gonna blow out and you know to actually be able to see what you can get uh, is you know is it, it lets you fine-tune things in a way that you couldn't on film because you didn't know by making a little darker exactly how it was going to land yeah um so that there's a lot more control and especially in the post process um i mean i color corrected a lot of features and you could make it brighter you could make it darker you could make it redder you could make it bluer and that was about it Okay. And right. here we were adding clouds. We were making a wall darker, but without affecting anything else. We yeah. were changing. Uh, there was so much you can do that um, the post process becomes a whole other area to work in. And, I mean, it's uh, fascinating watching you work with uh, Ted Brady, our our colorist at Keep Me Posted, uh, and just the, the, yeah. deta- the, the detail that you could, also the flexibility yeah, exactly. of the image and how much you can do. I think, I think yeah. for, for both Vince and me, it was, it was a revelation to see, uh, see how much creative leeway, a little dizzying sometimes, yeah. how much creative well, leeway you had. It, it, just from a production point of view, I mean, you know, if you have a big white wall that you can't control or that it's gonna take 45 minutes to set up a whole set of flags, now you do the math. You go forty-five minutes of of acting time and directing time, right. or thirty seconds in post. Yeah. And you have to know what you can do and what you can't do. It's mm-hmm. not just like we'll fix it in yeah. post because sometimes point. you get burned, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as you well know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you can allot the time uh, intelligently and and just. I mean, I always strive to give the actor and the director more time because ultimately I want to see a story told, you know, and I know that there are people who do my job who aggrandize what they do and take a lot of time, and uh, and I think it hurts the final product. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're, I mean, it, I, we both, you know, Vince and I both got to direct working with you. And it's, and it was, yeah. Yeah, it was I was stunned by how, uh, you know, how not, not only how beautiful the material looked and, and yeah. but also how fast and how quickly you're able to accomplish it. And it does, it gives us all time. It gives us all, well, it gives me time to be indecisive, but it, it's, uh, <laughs> it, gives us, it gives all, it gives us all time. It gives us all time. It gives us all more time but to work get on to, the scene You and get play to with think it. about it. Yeah. You get to talk to yeah. the actor. You get yeah. to do more takes. You get to do more coverage. Certainly, and, certainly speaking of which, you know, talking about the long, the long run uh, that we could do with digitally, that was incredibly useful, especially in the sequence that we were just talking about at Arno's where we could just run the whole yeah. 11 or 12 minute scene. We wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. have, on film, we probably, if we had been handheld or in the light mode, we would have, our magazine yeah. would have been too short. Or also another example, uh, when we were doing uh, the bingo scene, which we haven't talked about, where Bob Bob would get into oh, a rhythm. Oh Bob would get into a rhythm and we wanted to, you know, and. and you didn't want. You didn't really want to have a giant long reset in between takes. You wanted to get. Yeah. You wanted to let him take a quick glass of and drink of water, <laughs> breathe, breathe for for a moment, and then go back into it because he was he was finding things yeah. as he, as he went, and that was uh, to my. And I, I will admit to being. Uh, you know the romance of film certainly has has its uh, pull for, for me, uh, but those were definitely advantages shooting digitally. There was a defining moment. We did a blind test at yeah. your guys' insistent uh, A B C D. We tested every possibility, and even the colorist who did Breaking Bad. Yeah. We when we all came to guess. Well, I knew, but every guess which was film and which was yeah. digital. Now this is a man who this is a man who this is a man who you know every day in his whole life was fine tuning pictures. Yeah. He guessed wrong. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but that told me that no, you know, know that ultimately know. That people's you know and there are subtle differences and I I you know if I got to shoot a movie and the director wanted to use film I'd be thrilled but. It's really hard to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Digital cameras have gotten so good. They have, they have, and I, you know, I'm I'm still a snob with when it comes to motion picture film, and I and I something I feel that we lost something switching over to shooting uh, digital. But having said that, I love still photography, and I haven't shot film. Uh, I have I've got an old still you know a, a still Nikon I haven't shot mm-hmm. I haven't put a roll of film in in, in probably eight years now and you I love the, my digital cameras and so the color's beautiful on it, on it is it, I just it, still camera you're right and everything you said makes perfect sense do, let me ask you another way do, do you what do you feel is has or maybe you don't has anything been lost by yes not, I not will shooting? say something has been lost because go ahead. Um, I, I mean, film has a certain feel to it that digital doesn't quite have, and it's really hard to put your finger on it. Um, I also feel like grain helped smooth out. I mean, uh, digital is, I, I use diffusion quite a bit mm-hmm. with digital because grain hit a lot of imperfections in yeah. skin and that's a good point and production design you cannot get away <laughs> yeah. with uh, you know crappy seams and that's a good point uh, you have to it, it, it favors younger actors let's put it that way it's it's <laughs> tough on people's skin you yeah know, mm-hmm. people are yeah. just human people have imperfections yeah. in their skin even the most beautiful people in the world and it's it's uh the, i will say the video 
sees sees harshly. It does. And it needs someone like you, an artist like you, to to to, mm-hmm. to muck it up a bit so that it still looks great, but it's it's hiding some imperfections. Yeah. I'll also say as a person who does a lot of montages, not just on this show, but on the thing that I miss is the flash frame. At yeah. The end. There was yeah, no I miss that too. Um, that was, you I know, and that. I mean, you know, and I, I really feel like there was a time when, you know, in editorial style in the last maybe like, I don't know, 15, 20 years, that the flash frame, I mean, it used to never be used, then it was used a lot. And now there will be times when it is not used again because it will have to be created yeah. digitally. And it's hard. I mean, it's not hard to create the look. But there's a thing that you get with a flash frame, and this is basically for all of you out there, the the, the frame that exi- uh, frames that exist when the camera stops, basically. And, starts and or stops. St- right? yeah, um, yeah. Well, usually it's, when it's, it starts, your eye, their eye is on the eyepiece. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really the thing that that happens when they take their eye away from the eyepiece, and the film is getting exposed in a different way. But the one thing that you get out of that frame is not just a difference in color. But sometimes you get a really kind of odd image that's still exposed in a kind of funky way. And I mean, all that stuff can be created digitally. But honestly, it's like it's harder to think about what you would do um, if, you know, with a choice rather than what was actually like left for you. The organic quality of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and so I will miss that. I I just bought back my 16 millimeter camera that I started my career with. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You told me about (laughs) Uh, this. So I, I mean, I. Maybe you we'll know, shoot season two with that. For me, uh, maybe we could oh shoot a no. scene at least or some footage. Um, and they still the, shoot The Walking Dead on 16. Um, are you sure they still true. do? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? I miss the hum. I still miss that hum. Yeah, the camera noise. We don't. We don't miss it at all. Yeah. Well, there's a cooling fan. Sometimes you hear the cooling fan on the. There's a definite emotional attachment to film. You know that we have if you've worked with it. You walk into the lab and there's this smell of, mm-hmm. of yeah, you know, Chemicals. fixer. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, yeah. but it's very reminiscent yeah. of the whole You're process. Right. Can I tell you about the worst phone call I had in the last year? This was uh, this was months and months ago. This is I was prepping to direct uh, the pilot of, of Better Call Saul, and I get a phone call, and and, and my assistant Jen Carroll says it's Christopher Nolan. And I'm like, holy shit! The the Batman guy, the the the, the you know the, uh, the the brilliant director, you know, Interstellar, and I've never Memento, met him. Memento, and and all a slew of wonderful movies. I've never met him, uh, but he he gets on the phone with me, and he couldn't uh, couldn't be more of a gentleman. But he's calling to enlist my help. Uh, I was one of many calls that day, no doubt for him. But he was saying uh, he was giving me the bad news, giving me the bad news at Kodak was really on the bubble about whether to keep producing motion picture film and he said can you know i understand you one of the last tv shows you know shot you shoot your show breaking bad on film and and can can i have your help can you reach out to the folks who run sony and the folks who run all these other studios along with me you know will you sign your name to this as it were and i and i said absolutely i believe in film but i have to tell you I am prepping to direct the pilot of my new show, and we're going to shoot on the red. We're shooting on digital, and he didn't miss a beat. He was a real gentleman. He was he was very. He said, "Oh well, I'm." I'm and he he could not have been kinder. But I felt like such a Benedict Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so lousy, and I did. I called. I called. I called the folks who run, who, who uh, run Sony, and and I and I told them, you know, by all means, please help Kodak out. 
however you can but i felt like i felt lousy <laughs> but and you know like you said arthur there's there's you know and and and, and in a bigger sense te- technology goes on and and as a writer you know shakespeare the greatest writer who ever lived wrote with a quill pen i don't particularly want to write with a quill pen <laughs> you know i can get my writing done faster and more efficiently with a with a with a laptop but uh, i don't know i just something makes me sad about I've, the uh, the death of film or the I, that's that's well said. I, I feel like we're not digital. It's not finished yet. I think it's it's we're still we're still it's still making. There's still progress to be made. Oh, and, it uh, changes week to week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, literally, what you learned last week is obsolete. Yeah. Uh, and, that's the one thing. Film, there'd be a new film stock every ten years. You'd yeah. learn how to expose it. it. Was the same camera, the same everything was the same. Digital, uh, literally it's obsolete as soon as you learn it and yeah. so you, you really have to stay on top i just i just the, hope uh, that they when they design their new sensors and they design the, the chain the, 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 that they use human beings and the human face <laughs> as the thing that they key in on i feel i feel that there's a great emphasis on, on there's a great emphasis on you know flowers and images of images <laughs> of images of cities and time lapse and and, and sports and, and, and sports yeah. and it's and it becomes very much about the the goal is to have the perfect sharpness and I don't think human vision is is has perfect sharpness and uh, that's it's I, not I, very kind to it, the human face it's not kind to the human and if and ninety percent of what we do. I mean, certainly we're not, you know, if, if we were shooting soccer matches, uh, then we'd be different. But 90% of what we do, even on a show like this where we do we, we do a lot of wide shots, we're very interested in a lot of, it's all about the faces. It's all about the eyes of the, the actors. Yeah. And I, I, I would be much more impressed with uh, all, all, the, all the, the digital camera companies if they, would, if they would focus on, that's my plea to you. Yeah. I shot my first four digital projects through a French ladies stocking trying oh, to, really? trying oh, wow. to pull back the Does she want sharpness and um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she talks more about more. French ladies. <laughs> um, I just those, I just I, I it's I, it's jarring it's a bit jarring to watch some of these things I, I I haven't adjusted to it yet like watching I just got one of those HD 2040 is that the pixels or what is it that went from Oh the 4K? 10, 4K? Yes the oh, 4 yeah, yeah. That's 4000 Yes and I and I can't <laughs> I, I, I feel like I, I want to go back. You may need to set up your TV. You may just set up your TV a little bit. We'll send Chris over. I'll be right over. Have you been watching 4K stuff through your 4K TV? That was the thing as well. Okay. When people first started getting 1080p TVs, but they were still watching standard def. Oh, man. It looked like hell. Oh, it looks like hell. It looks like hell. I mean, I just see poor, you know, I see all these pores. Oh, okay, so you're seeing the 4K. And I want, you know, you know, you want, Realistic, and I think that's the the great thing about like where everything's headed is that we're getting so real, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, that it's it's seeing those like tiny uh, little like you need uh, yeah uh, you know. And your eye goes to wild. Them. Your goes eye straight your to eye it. goes to them in yeah. a digital image in a way it doesn't go to that in life. No, you know. No. And thank God yeah. for you know. Uh, and this. they're working on eight K now. Eight K. Well, well part, part of the problem wow. with some of those TVs is the refresh rate, which yeah, Ryan right. Johnson has been a really strong advocate about that. Yeah. Uh, about getting yeah the the motion of things looking of light yeah yeah of, of, of everything it looks yeah. super weird but 
you know the generation that's growing up with that yeah. doesn't yeah, look weird to them and it, it's on their iPhone so. exactly yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a, yeah. Ryan, Ryan sidebar Ryan Johnson we miss you come back to <laughs> yes. come back to Albuquerque come play Ryan's it'll only take a few yeah, weeks take, take a couple take a of little, break take a little Bring time a from, yeah. from Star Wars and, 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 uh, and come back happened. come back to New Mexico he's great and end of um, end of sidebar but that, that, Peter, that, that oh, re- sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that refresh thing though the, the TVs that come out of the author factory floor you get them to your house and they're just that that refresh thing drives me nuts. It's insanity. That where it's that smooth. They call it smooth motion. Well, the different companies have different names, but that smooth motion thing. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just like, ugh. Well, that, I don't want it, my TV looking like that. No. Ugh. Uh, we should talk a little bit about the episode, especially because Bob oh. isn't here. I I just wanted to talk to you about the bingo scene because I don't want to. I know that. You know, we're we're kind of like we gotta we gotta Me you know too. get to get to get in here and the, and I want to lose you for the two two big moments of, of your show. Well, yeah, the bingo scene, the bingo scene. Not that there's when, only two big moments, we, but ones that you need to talk about. Yeah, when we when we first started pitching through the episode, uh, we we started off with a different version as as we were saying before, and then the idea came up of him having this uh, breakdown of bingo, but the real. <laughs> The real idea was, what if he, what if he, he doesn't, his reaction to what happened with Chuck doesn't come immediately? Because I, I find with myself, if you're, if you have some terrible thing that happens to you, or even if you're in a car accident, you don't feel it right away. It, it happens. It happens. It takes a little. It takes a little while. And so that was that was that was the concept really of, of Act One was to wait to you know we've lit the fuse on Jimmy and what what's going to happen when the fuse gets all the way down and the idea of having it at bingo was just too delicious to to ignore and also the idea of finally finding out what a Chicago sunroof is. So yes. I was going to say that there are the you know, world. like all over yes. like what is this? What is this? Yes, and there are there. There are entries, I believe, in uh, in on the internet that are inaccurate. That people people who wrote up their own defi- disgusting definitions of much more disgusting than the truth uh, of what a Chicago sunroof and this, is. You guys made this up. We did. We did make up. The, and I'm a little bit. In fact, for a while, we, we were thinking about making that the name on the outside of the office here, Chicago Sunroof. But then Chicago Sunroof Incorporated. Yes, that was that was in the spirit of uh, Breaking Bad being Delphi. Uh, Delphi Technologies, but the uh, in, th- in this case we had this idea of uh, of having him break down and tell the story of how he made this uh, wrong turn in his life, or so he thinks. You know why he why he's in Albuquerque, and it was it was a really that was a really fun scene to write. It was fun to write. Uh, because you know, I got to call out. Did all, you guys a lot break that brick by brick, like you, what you guys usually say? It's, yeah, we you know we talked we definitely talked through we talked through all of it. We always talk through all of it, but you know, there's, but I mean, all the parts of that scene, like how the how with all the B bingo uh, things. Well, and, you know, there were to be fair that some of that was uh, was broken, and some of there were also one of the great things you have as a writer walking out of the writer's room here is that you have oh, heard a lot of pitches. And in fact, if, if I were to, if I had sat down and written da- written all the pitches for the uh, bingo scene, it probably would have been, you know, would have been an episode on its own. So you get to, you get to pick and choose because everyone in the room is saying something interesting and, and, and has an idea. And I, uh, you know, you, you cherry pick and try to build, build the scene. So it makes sense emotionally 
Uh, but you also have some special favorites like the bee. So the, the bee, the brother, kind of kind of sticking in his craw. Why did the why did all the bees sort of lead all of to all of this meltdown? Why did all of that? I think he would have melted down even if there weren't bees. But I think everything that he's going about his business, he's doing something that we saw a few episodes earlier that he was sort of enjoying. That he was he was he was he was taking pleasure in doing bingo with all these these older folks. And now it's it's just like anything else when you in your life when when uh, I go I keep going back to the idea of a car accident or any kind of traumatic event a divorce suddenly it leaks into every part of your life you know we like to think that we can compartmentalize but it's just not true and things leak leak from one compartment to another and it was what the fun of the scene was building was the build of it and then you know Bob Bob God bless him he came in. And he had it word perfect. He had yeah. he had done all and he had done all the work. And he had ideas about the scene, really good ideas about the scene too. Uh, you know, he it was, he said, you know, what what if uh, because he talks about the desert, what if the the light from outside is kind of glaring at him? And Arthur, I, you know, I, I mentioned that to Arthur, and Arthur ran with it. So we have that that window that's blasting in from the side. <laughs> and uh, so there was, there was those were all fun ideas and. I, I just think the, the the trick there was to capture uh, his performance, and then you came in and Wait, you before, had, before, I, I shot I shot a couple of I, it was at least fifteen or twenty minutes of film for that right footage right was it, how much <laughs> was it how much was it how much was it Chris how much like, was it? like six hours oh my God, no seriously? no it was way more than six hours it was more than so we're no, running it was more we're running two hours. cameras at once holy shit and uh, I don't know if that can. Maybe maybe I, we just left the camera on while we were. I think it was more than six we were, hours. Maybe we because I've had five hour lunch. scenes before and I don't blink, but that <laughs> that <laughs> was a lot. This is another advantage of not shooting film. That was a lot. You fucking Michael Cimino. I know. Yeah. There you go. Hey, hey, <laughs> you like the scene? No, but before, you don't want another sausage made. I do love made. the scene. You don't want another sausage made. Before we get to that though, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I want you to talk about the fact that you you guys decided to shoot the scene even out of order like you shot that's at the true. beginning that is a very good po- that's a very good point and it's something uh the ad's had mentioned to me ahead of time that you know you're going to have this room full of uh r- nice retired folks who are great but they may they may get tired as the day goes on and i also talking to bob about it um we talked about what what part of the scene he felt like needed that he needed his most the most energy for it. So we we decided to do is to shoot the end of the scene first and shoot the monologue wow. about Chicago first. Interesting. And and shoot out and that way we would you know we call it shooting out shoot out all the extras and then we'd be able to move then finish the day but with the part where he's he's pulling bingo balls at the end. So the close-ups on him at that was late in the day and there was everyone else had split. It was just uh, him? mostly mostly really? yeah. And there's a lot of stuff with the Unless you know the, you bing, had to the shoot bingo machine. Him right. Yeah. Through yeah, people yeah. Him. So there was you know and I had a I had a, a shot list but there's also you know we had the benefit of having some you know really talented camera operators and also a room full of people who were all in the scene. You know, this is this is something you can think. Oh well, extras—they're just extras. They're you know they're back they're backdrop. But this kind of scene doesn't work 
except through reactions and, and non-reactions. An entire day, right? You shot was, an entire day. It was most of a day. We actually shot part of the montage too that day. Oh, okay. uh, so it wasn't. It was not a. It was not a full day. I love the young lady who's uh, with the sourpuss face. She is wonderful, well, of course, and she was ca- she was cast for uh, Larissa's episode one hundred seven, and she she I I have to say I really wish that I had had dialogue for her because she was she was just wonderful and we ran maybe the future we ran and kelly was shocked by this because shelly said i hope you covered this 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 young lady you're talking about the woman the girl the girl who's helping the assistant assistant. (laughs) but uh but this actress uh, did a wonderful kelly lawallan the actress who played this uh played the role of the of 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 jimmy's helper did a wonderful job she is uh man she wouldn't have been back in this episode if she hadn't been so great in episode uh in the previous episode bingo in episode seven yeah she has a dry dry sense of humor she's very funny she just she got it right again this is this is casting yeah is you just cast somebody who just gets it can you talk about a little bit of about what you asked the sound guys to do as well, Peter? Uh, well, it was, you know, obviously we're, the sound is, uh, we're, we're shooting with sound and we have a great team recording, di- especially focusing on dialogue during the, uh, during the shoot. And this dialogue was all recorded clean. That little microphone, that little Bob Barker microphone that he's walking around with has, is not hooked up at all. He's, we have perfect clean sound. And one of the things that we didn't post and our, our post sound team, uh, led by Nick Forshiger, uh just ran with it. Uh, it made made him sound like he was coming through a really crappy microphone and added all these pops. And we also tried we also tried to use because there's no music in the scene. The music of the scene is really the sound of this uh, this bingo machine. And we tried to use the bingo machine sort of as the musical accompaniment. So there's it it pitches down a little bit. It pitches up. There's even a little there's there's a point in the sequence where at the early on where there's a little bit of a rumble which you can think came from the the bingo machine but it feels also sort of a little subjective so that was that was all just you know it's fun i i it's it's fun movie stuff i mean and this is one of the things that this this episode was just i mean it was it was all it was like a director's playground and i i got to do all this great fun stuff uh and that was that was that was definitely but Frankly, the scene really lives or dies on Bob's work, but also the work of the extras because their their little their little tiny reactions are what kind of give you permission to laugh. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if it was just on Bob, uh, then he might as well be saying this stuff into the bathroom mirror. It's yeah. the fact that he's saying yeah. it in front of a room full of people who are uh, kind of respectable, who are just (laughs) slice-of-life folks. Potential clients. Potential clients. And they're just there to play bingo. They're just there to play bingo. They don't want to hear about a Chicago sunroof or soft serve or any of that other other disgusting stuff. It's like, are you going to call the number? I, I could have, you know, and Kelly, extras. The extras Kelly you asked me, you know, was it a day? I would have happily shot that scene for three days. I, I you know, there's this, and this is one of, uh, this is I have to want as it could be a character flaw because when when you see actors and or, or the work that Mel did and Bob did, you you kind of you have this desire to keep shooting and sometimes I would have to tug on or or Anna Ramey our our, our wonderful AD would kind of tug on my tug on my and do you think you got it this you think you, you got need it? to move on yeah, maybe Can, move on. let me ask you this on. let me ask you this because <laughs> on a movie schedule you could have shot it for three days yes. you could have shot it for a week. Is there anything that you didn't what get? What movie? 
Yeah, a lot of movies. Oh, not okay. every, not a little independent <laughs> yeah, one. Big but movie. A, a, a Hollywood movie, absolutely. Shoot for probably shoot that same three or four Depends days. On probably. the players on that one. But my point is, did you? Uh, is there anything that you? I don't think you needed it. I mean, is I there anything so, no. you, that you think, man? I wish I had gotten this. No, I. You know, I mean, I can always think of other because I'm the, the master of second guessing. Uh, and I can always think of things I could have done or could have done differently. But I, I, in the end, uh, I laugh at the scene, and you yeah. laugh at you oh, laugh with the scene. I don't laugh at the scene. And Bob, I, I loved it on the page. I think I was at the balloon fiesta that day. I can't wait to see it. You, you are going to love it's it. It's really can't funny too because yes. I when I like cut it. Back and the truck up. What do you mean you didn't laugh? I didn't laugh. Ask Chris. I mean, seriously. I, I, we had, we had uh, not an argument about it, but we had a conversation about it because I, I, you asked me about two different versions, and I said, well, I thought that other one was funnier. And you're like, I don't think this is. Yeah, I, I didn't approach it. <laughs> funny but no, at all. but no, but which to 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 your credit and to the credit of Bob, what makes it funny. Yeah, is how how like, serious definitely and, serious, and serious it is, is. Yeah, totally. and the implications yeah. of it are yeah. like wow, that is horrible. Yeah, and that I is a I came at it from a very different perspective. Sad. I, I came at it from a very sad. I felt really bad for him and yeah. and how, what he was doing. Yeah, and it was funny because the first reaction, like Peter didn't give me a, I didn't have. Uh, like when you came in and you laughed at it, I, I was la- just I laughed so hard I started choking. <laughs> you did. That's true. I really did. Face got red and uh, I was like, I didn't cringing. give you the re- I didn't give you the reaction. No, you didn't give me that reaction. And so when no. when Vince when Vince when you laughed at it, I was like, it literally oh, made God. my day watching it. Oh my God! Week. I've this just is always right. loved a real good Saul mate, a meltdown. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like, they, I mean on the page, so, it was yeah. on the page when I read it, it was more like. Oh my God! And then yeah, you. I kind of chuckled. Yeah. But when I got the footage, I I honestly approached it in a very serious way, and I was, and I was really, you know, I was I was very touched, and and I felt so Seriously? bad for him. Yeah, and that's the way I did it. Okay. And then when I worked with Peter, he really liked it, and you know, and and he didn't give that reaction at all. You didn't laugh like like Vince I, laughed. I, I don't laugh at anything. He's not in front nothing, of me. Nothing that I've done makes me. You know? I, maybe next year I'll be laughing. And at then everything. and then you came in and you laughed so much that I was like, oh god, um, I've really done something wrong here because if it's this funny, this is no, really bad. But no, you, you loved nothing. it. Nothing. You did nothing and so, wrong. And Kelly. so yeah, no. But that's the thing. And and as I thought about it, I, w- I would go home and I would I sort of like obsessed over this and I really and I yeah and I thought about it and I said you know what. Um, because I, I would rethink the way I approached the scene yeah. because, you know, if, if you're getting and the fact that you liked it like that, which oh, was God. fine. But I then I'm it. like going, I'm going, well, maybe if I'd approached it differently, maybe I approached it entirely wrong. But as I thought about it, I really thought, no, you know what? I stand behind the way I approached it because I, I think I agree with you, Chris. I don't think that you would have laughed that hard if I had approached it. Differently, yeah, I just have so. a very sens- maybe, yeah, different sensibility. So. Well, because but it's not funny. About it. It's not funny. It's not. This is one of those point of view things that yeah. we were talking about earlier. It's not. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not to a Jimmy. joke. It, yeah. Jimmy no, doesn't. No, think, Jimmy's not trying no, to be no. funny. Let's yeah. be exactly. precise. I don't for a minute think it's a joke. Right. He's telling. Right. 
I'm just saying it makes it's hilarious. I yeah. think but, it's but hilarious. This guy, but the guy is hilarious. not trying to be yes. funny. No, no, no absolutely. And it's that's why I'm thinking really? that it's because I approached sad. it that way, and I just like I said, I just have a different sensibility, and I think that that because this what we're doing is so collaborative that my sensibility of it was okay and yeah. it worked in this in this in this case my only note to you guys as i recall because i i mean i loved it i think the first thing i said when you, you play know, it hit, again was what the first probably thing. after <laughs> and after i said that i said this thing's going to be on youtube <laughs> five minutes after the episode airs on the east coast uh this scene this bingo scene but the, my only note as i recall my only thought for you guys was to add more shots of the uh, yeah. of the of the bingo players right. reacting to his story you know right. which which is which i think works great and it, it really helps the scene we had trouble i think cutting away from bob because we were so fascinated yeah, by what, I, he, yeah. Yeah. what yeah. he was doing so it was yeah. actually it felt like you know, it was one of those situations usually you're desperate for where where the camera should be at any moment. Yeah, oh yeah. my God, is there any angle we have that's gonna work for this moment? Yeah. This was one of those moments where we was like, we wanna be everywhere at yeah. once. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny because when I, when I first got, the, I, it took me a, a, a little bit of time to cut this one because I knew when I read it that I had to approach it correctly. I mean, that that this was, a, this was the way that Bob was gonna build this and I had no idea that you shot it differently like that. I guess if I had paid attention to the to the times on the slate, I would have known. You? Why should yeah, exactly. You? And <laughs> but I but it was just interesting because I, I really felt a lot of responsibility. I felt yeah. like everybody is coming to give their A game here and and it has to build organically and it has to build correctly and, and it's like how much of it needs to be objective on Bob, how much of it is with Bob, how much are we watching what's happening rather than experiencing with him? It's a very it's, tricky it sequence. It was so tricky. Because it starts off objective, it gets a little bit subjective, and then it pops back to objective. And, you know, I have to give another more props to Arthur also, because I think during that, we did shoot for a day. I don't think Arthur moved the light the entire time. He The wow. way, the <laughs> way, the way, the, you, as I recall, the way you I lit that... The way you lit that room was almost entirely from the outside, um, wow. and so uh -huh. it, it was. It was. It gave me remarkable freedom to, and Bob, remarkable freedom to move around and to, to focus on his performance. And it, it really, like, really I made. I knew a big he difference. was going to be everywhere, and I knew yeah. we were going to be everywhere. Right. Um, well, but I, you know, I wanted to say about the scene that for me, it's kind of embodies what's interesting about this show, which is. No one knows yet if this is a drama or a comedy <laughs> or and for me the closer the the finer the line is between those two, the more interesting it is. Because wow. you know, all tragedy is funny and all comedy yeah. is tragic. Yeah. What a, what and great. that scene point of view. really, I, yeah. really you know, I mean it's totally tragic and it's one of the funniest scenes I've ever shot. And that's for me. That's what's interesting about this show. I think is, that's sort of the way I meant it too. No, I, I understand what you that, meant. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I think it's you're not wrong. I just think it's fascinating. It's like that thing. The, this is the week this came out that we're recording this this thing with the blue and black dress that oh people God. see as white and gold. Oh my God! No, but I think at the point. <laughs> like, the, what? The point being, it's perception. it's amazing how different yeah. one's yeah. perception can be. If you know? you're watching this in any other year other than uh, listening, any year other than 2015, you'll have no idea what we're talking. <laughs> you, you may not even remember it by the time in this two podcast. Two weeks exactly. Comes out. Yeah, Thank true. you. That's true. Well, you know, this um, is this, saying that. Uh, 
comedy is the other guy's tragedy, and <laughs> yeah, tragedy that's right. that's, is your that's, own. That's your true. That great Mel Brooks saying, uh, "Tragedy is when I uh, comedy is when a guy falls down a manhole, open manhole, and dies." Tragedy is when I get a paper cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the, um, this, Peter, the other thing okay. I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that, that between the bingo... This episode is full of technically, narratively complicated scenes and sequences. The bingo one being one of them. Like you were saying, it took you time to approach it. Yeah. Because it is narratively so complicated. The entire second act in Arno's with catching up... I mean, it's bit, like you said, it's almost essentially one long scene. It is one long scene, and it and it just keeping the pace and keeping the energy, and then but also understanding and keeping, and then the third being the montage, yeah. which I'm sure we'll talk about being narratively and technically one of the most complicated things I've ever witnessed. <laughs> you know, I, I I wanted you to talk about that because yeah. it's it's the only uh thing i shot in the whole season where i was thinking boy i hope this works <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how he's gonna put it this really together. did <laughs> I, i'm curious that. about it too because i wanted you to talk about your approach to this as well i mean you basically sent me some stuff that you were sort of using as a model and i was like okay well <laughs> you know the process was we we uh we actually as we were breaking the episode um and this this part i do remember we we're gonna have Act Three start with um, you're, you're not uh, you're not Kevin Costner, and we felt we felt like well Vince especially you felt like the, the, there's something missing here that we, we need to we need to see them having fun, we need to see what happened in between that the, that score with the, uh, the the Kennedy half dollar, and I we we started talking about a montage and I got anxious for a couple of reasons one was. <laughs> We did a montage in episode two. Michelle McLaren. She's the queen just, of montages. She crushed. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you, you, Kelly, you cut it. Oh. You crushed this incredible, which I'm lucky enough to have written, this, this crushed this incredible montage of Bob's uh, character, Jimmy, in the uh, doing doing law, doing this, this low-end law. I, I couldn't be happier with that montage. And I, not only that, but we have this history going back on uh, to Breaking Bad of you know the, the Crystal Blue Persuasion montage, the murder montage. There, there, there have the been original some drug making uh, montage. The, the one original, episode. Uh, the, so many, so many, uh, so many great, so many great pieces. And I thought to myself, well, I want to figure out a way. First of all, I want to figure out to make this different. And so I pitched in the room, and we started talking about it. You know, what if this is like a Vorkapik? And Vorkapik was a uh, a Serbian filmmaker who came to Hollywood. And made an experimental film, and then he got hired by all the movie studios to do specialty sequences. They were called montages. They actually called them Vorka picks back in the 20s and 30s. And this guy had, was a visionary with um, with basic film technology, and 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 and, uh, uh, and and he also taught at USC, where where I where I went. Uh, sadly, sadly, teaching? sadly, long before long before I he had died, long before I arrived. And in fact, at, at one I really wanted to name Marco Marco Vorkapik. Oh, wow. And unfortunately, we couldn't we couldn't get that name. There was uh, like one guy in America yes. named uh, Vorkapik, yeah. and the and the lawyer said no, yeah. which was a bummer. So, which was a bummer. <laughs> yeah. But the idea was to do a to do a montage which would be um, easier. On, the, most montages are hard to shoot and fun to edit. And this time we flipped it. We made it easier to shoot 
And I had no idea what we were getting into when it came time to edit because we, we, we had these Vorkapik sequences and uh, we, we, we looked at them and Arthur, Arthur had some great ideas, including that multi-image Lent, uh, kaleidoscope well, the prism thing. the prism the bugs the, eye, lens. The, bugs eye lens, the prism lens which i think they probably broke out of cold storage <laughs> probably was probably had to uh, yeah they dust. went to the kansas they to get, minefields they had to get, to get that they had to get rescue it from a 70, museum they had to take somewhere 75 years of uh 75 years of dust off that thing personal collection yeah the last time that thing was used was probably like you know bob denver on gilligan's island after a coconut dropped on his head it was what do we see three different cameras used on Three different L cameras as LSD well. Like, wasn't there film? Oh, you know, you're absolutely stuff? right. You're absolutely. Yeah. We also used, very we used, slow most we used a specialty, a specialty no, camera. We used what, what was, oh, what was, was the, the Phantom? Phantom. We used yeah. the super duper Phantom so that cool. shoots 4K. Yeah. Uh, and so, but we the shooting of the sequence probably overall for a montage, it really wasn't too bad. Uh, I would say. Uh, but then, uh, and, but uh, then, uh, then we had, and of course we had Mel. Mel bringing bringing it for uh, for all his scamming, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Bob Bob also improving some wonderful some wonderful material, which will I hope be a, a DVD extra uh, at some point. And we and I had I had a few ideas about it, and I worked. It's it's written into the script, um, and I worked with Ted Slampik, who is a, a storyboard artist in Albuquerque, who had actually worked with way back in Breaking Bad season four for the uh, the sequence where Walt blows up. Uh, his son's car right. uh, out of sheer yeah. sheer peak so Ted and I Ted and I sat down and we looked at a lot of these uh, he montage sequences and we threw some ideas back and forth he did a, a beautiful set of stories sketches were so cool and read redid them a few times and uh, then we 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 had them up we had them up on stage and we just crossed them out as we did each one so we you know we shot we shot all this material a lot of it against black backdrops and Arthur brought in these incredibly vivid deep gels and we would have a lot of fun we'd have a lot of fun picking colors for each and switching switching them out and switching actors out in front of these black backdrops and we dumped in Kelly's Kelly and Chris's lap an enormous amount of material and some storyboards and storyboards and then 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 I went then I went to the south of France for no, uh, about six not. months, I wish. Uh, <laughs> in but, my mind. But in post, I do. Before, while we're talking about this store, this this uh, montage sequences, I do want to call out a few people who are really invaluable. In addition to Ted, there was uh, Chad Werner, who's our online editor. Patrick Hoffman, uh, who uh, animated the the, uh, the the 3D signs. Ted Brady, who's our, our colorist, who put in a lot of extra effort to put it all together. And of course, Diane Mercer. In addition, oh, yeah, yeah. who who. Uh, who, who was who was I think uh, impressed by the complexity of the sequence, yes. uh, and then and then of course um, we you know we should also give a shout out to Henry Mancini, yes, uh, who composed the music that we used, yes. and uh, who, who how do we uh, get him? Uh, you know he's, he's an original old, piece. He's an old this. family friend, uh, and that that oh, wow. that piece is actually no, not really. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Although I have met Monica Mancini, his daughter, oh, who's, yeah? who's charming, a charming, talented singer. And uh, the, the Henry Mancini piece we used was actually recorded in 1961. So. Bonsai Pipeline? Is Bonsai Pipeline. Yeah. I, I also want to say that um, since you're giving all those shout-outs, um, uh, Thomas Gullivich, our music supervisor, uh, has a great staff, and uh, one of his, the newest members of his staff, Garrett, 
was the one who chose that piece. Right on, Garrett. And he's really, really excited about the fact that the, that you chose the piece that he suggested. Oh, nice. It was fun. We actually cut it with a different So this should give him a great thrill. Yeah. And Yvette <laughs> and Michelle also work with uh, with uh, Thomas, and they're wonderful. They're so well. great. Great, great crew. Um, so, so, But did you get what you were looking for? That was the question. I, I got what I was looking for and more. Okay, good. And more. In fact, the, your original cut, which I loved, was probably twice as long. I know you kept long. saying, let's see it again. Let's, let's see, see it again. No, it made me so Play happy. Play it again. It made me so The original cut was probably t- roughly twice twice as long and it was a little bit slow but i loved every frame of it but any of our listeners who are in editorial i I wish there was a way to show you what the timeline looked like it's so complicated what kelly did and Uh. and every time you would want to make a even a one frame adjustment everything would have to be rendered and this is i mean on an avid where a lot of things don't have to be rendered but it was so complicated the different levels that 11 layers of of things moving simultaneously at different frame rates and with different opacity. Yeah. And it just, just, it was such a, a mind fuck just <laughs> trying even, I, cause Kelly, I mean, you, you, you must have like out. PTSD about it. No, like you don't want to talk about it. It was, it was, it was outrageously complicated. I was just so glad when it was done. I was how like, did, ah, how, did, how did the original Mr. Vorka pitch? I mean, he was doing it on an optical printer. He did it on an optical printer. And, but you know what, what he had the ability to do was to go out back because it was the, he had a, just a little, a little lightweight camera and could go out and shoot something and then experiment with it and then go back and shoot again. And he probably didn't have 11 too, layers. Yeah, yeah, he also stuff. didn't yeah. have that. Two, two, three layers. We were much more complicated, well, complex and, and complicated. I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm sorry, that came out totally wrong. Um, it, I think the things that we were trying to do were a little bit more involved. Well, you took you took what I had in mind and added five more layers to it. So you know, as storyboarded, there'd be something like hands uh, superimposed over over the cityscape, and then you would add to that. There's coins coming down. There's there's beer. There's beer splashing. And this was all this was all stuff that I had I had thought of using. Uh, in more an extended way, so you'd see just fewer fewer things at the same time. But once I saw what you what you were doing, I got so excited that I made you do more of it. <laughs> I bet that was, that was no. But you know the funny thing is, and especially with montages, and this happens with most of the montages that you know I've done. God, I don't even know how many I've done. But what I find a lot of um, directors don't look at how long a lot of these things are going to take. Once they actually, once you actually get them, you know, down, and that's why I think that one of the first versions was long. I knew it was long. We all knew it was long. It was like, okay, here's what you shot. Here's, here's what it looks like. Now you tell me how, how this is, you know, because yeah. I really, honestly, I don't really know what you have in mind, and I, I like need direction as well. Yeah. Well, but um, one of the things that we found was that we. I, I thought that there wasn't going to be as much dialogue in there as there mm-hmm. was. I thought we were going to play it with music and more hand waving, and what you started cutting it with the dialogue, and I really liked what happened there. And you're right, absolutely. I mean, there's there's stuff. I mean, some a lot of the work you had to do, especially in the later cuts, was to accelerate the whole thing and right. find ways find ways to make it move faster because. But to get all of less the, was more. But to get all of the all of you know the riches you know just like mm-hmm. Vince says all the time don't rob me of any riches. No, that's, I mean that's I Alan love Pacula, Alan but, but I do I do quote you him do all say of him all no but I, but you didn't make yes. the quote I didn't right. have, I didn't make up the but quote, the no. but the thing is too is like okay we shot you how did you guys shoot the beer 
the beer, the the shot glass going into that the beer. That was that phantom cam stuff, yeah, right? High speed. And yeah. that was at what speed? Do you remember at all? 500 frames a second. 500 frames. I mean, it's Dude. watching this stuff is mesmerizing because it's like so beautiful to watch the bubbles and the ripple and everything. The problem is, is that we can't sit here and watch that for 15 seconds. Oh, we, we have to watch two it for minutes. four. Right. You know, and so, you know, it's got to be on there for four. And so, you know, I think I remember having a wider shot of that and then having a very close-up shot and superimposing both of them so you could mm -hmm. get as much riches out of it as possible yeah. and you also you, know? you also did you also did something i wasn't expecting which is speed ramps so you yeah. would you would, so the the, the shot oh, wow. the shot glass would rush in and then it would slow and then down it would slow down it would slow yeah. down there was those were all great those were all just you know so, yeah, wonderful things that you it's brought all to like it. trying to like maximize the beauty of everything but it can't take you know, it can't take 20 minutes. Oh, I think it would have been great. <laughs> I think it should be a whole, we're gonna, next season we're going to do a whole episode like that. But the other, <laughs> a montage oh, episode? Oh, yeah. Good <laughs> luck with that. Good luck. Episode. It's going to take a year to complete. What was, was the Stu Lyons always said? Montage is French for overtime. That's right. But you know what? We, 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 you, know what? you know what we did? We, 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 we mixed it up. Money. We mixed it up. We put all the overtime in post on this montage. That's true. We sure That's did. the difference. That's true. We sure did, because it did take a long time. Nick had all that extra dialogue for me. I had to come in for ADR for a bit of the montage so That's, I was able to see a little yeah. there's all this great dialogue yeah because we, was added we to did it, too. it was funny it wasn't scripted that way and when I was kind of wrapping it up I said you know I really want these guys to keep talking and talking and talking and talking because so it's all about the scam. All, yeah. It's all about, yeah. We found all these yeah. little pieces. And you, and, then, and, you, and you talked me into it. You, I, two, I just showed you what I had, and you're like, yeah. wow, I never thought of that. Those no. two actresses who we see in the next scene are wonderful, oh, too. They, the, they, the two waitresses. Amy Davidson and <laughs> Jessica Marie Osborne. They, they are, are great. They are great. And Je Jessica Marie is from, uh, from, well, she lives in Albuquerque, but she is actually English. Really? So she's uh, the, the, she's the one who smiles. She's the blonde. She's I love the blonde. Right? Who the gives blonde. a little wave as she's leaving. That's her. I love that. She had a great time. Yeah. She had a great yeah. night. Yeah. It doesn't she matter that it's not Kevin Costner. That's right. Right. Yeah. Well, she was with she was my girl. She was with you. That's right. She's with Marco. She had a really fun night. to show a girl a good time. I know. Do you, so, have a, you have a wonderful apartment, by the way. Th oh, thank you. Great posters, right? <laughs> I love that place. That's I mean, I remember room. coming in there and just thinking, oh, and that was another thing. That was another, like, key into my character that I, you know, I didn't think up on my own and just like, oh, wow, this is where he lives. And, I mean, you just, you knew immediately, like, you know, this is Marco's the kind of guy that puts out cigarettes on, like, half-eaten chicken thighs. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny to see that set as well. You know, shout out to uh, to Tony Fanning Tony and, and also uh, yeah. and yeah, the set decorators uh, as and, well. And his wonderful uh, you set know, decorators um, and, and because uh, that was Debbie a, Gilpin and his crew because that was all built. That's a soundstage set. I even told Peter when I saw it. And I, I told you eventually as well, Vince. I grew up I grew up in Chicago and I've been in basements like that. I mean that it was so real. I mean it was I when I even when I saw it the first time I said to Chris, this is a real yeah. place. And I mean just like I remember like when you actually turn the camera around so you see the back of it, they have these these video VHS boxes. Remember yeah. those brown yes. that pulled out? I was like Good Lord, where did I mean? It's like the, just the realness of the whole thing. Yeah. Is they, it's this fantastic job. The detail is just fantastic. You just know, the, and the, the color palette of it all too, as well. And all, and all the great uh, the Rush posters and the Frampton posters yeah. and, the, and all that stuff. And yeah. I mean, you know, I know this is like from the other episode, but I also wanted to, to kind of um, mention that one 
the uh, this one moment that Mel had at the at the end of the teaser in 104 because uh, you know he this is another place where he's kind of where basically I felt Mel that you were saying to Jimmy I love you yeah is when he says I just I love to watch you work you know oh, yeah. everything is about how great Jimmy is and Jimmy's like yeah it's just beer money oh and, he's my idol and yeah the and look then to have on him say that face. say no what we're doing is something great yeah, here yeah the know? look on the yeah. look on on your face is just priceless because you can see how how sort of disappointed you are just to hear that it's not that big of a but deal. But then, then you shut it down. It's it's what I was talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah. You, you you see that little naked vulnerability and then it then it gets shut that. down. And that's what these guys do, you know, constantly yeah. and but I, I just I'd love to just say, you know, really quick like really like this was one of the one of the best jobs I've ever had. Oh, and you don't think of it as a job and you know, like Peter says, you know, I do it for three days. Like I do it for, you know, 30 years I mean like we, this <laughs> yeah, is the kind of stuff but I think that everybody on that set feels that way you know they know that what, what they're doing is something that's just you know, I mean everybody comes I could you it's just really amazing teamwork I knew that like going out there and like maybe it's because you guys have Breaking Bad possibly but you have that same crew and everybody is just like there's something really wonderful about when, when, when you realize that everybody is working together for one purpose. There's something really powerful about that and really just great. I mean, it's like, you know, it's what we live for, you know? And, uh, yeah, and there was definitely that going on there. Thank you so much, Mel. I, Peter. I, just, I, couldn't, I couldn't be happier with how Marco, Marco comes off. Uh, thank and you. He's, you're just, you're, just, you're such a pleasure, wonderful, such a pleasure wonderful to job. work with, too. Absolutely. You have to jet. I do, I have to Can jet. we keep you for a couple minutes? Yes, of course. Well, I, yeah. You know, I got to get going, too. Can Please. we keep you for a couple minutes? This is the last episode. Come on, Norris, man. Norris here. Can I get a picture before you all go? Absolutely. Yes, Can, absolutely. Yeah. Did, did, we we get get a did we get a picture? We did a group photo. All right. I so, know. I know we didn't get into everything on this. I know one. we didn't, and no. the bad part is, is that we won't see you for another several, like a year, like a year and a half. The good news is, next season we're going to do podcasts, and each one of them is going to be seven and a half hours long, and we're <laughs> not going to miss anything. And we're going to start in July. <laughs> now these, there, we apologize. I, I, I'm not going to speak for anyone else. I apologize for the podcast creep that has gone on but we have a lot of fun talking to each other well we do yeah. we do most of the reviews say you guys we like the length yeah stop, right. stop, like stop apologizing length. for the well, length I'm sorry if we didn't get to every scene in this episode nah. now, that that I think people might be annoyed about but I think it was that it was the, not for lack of they crime. saw it the thing right? that I want to the, the thing that I kind of <laughs> wanted to keep you for a moment was was just okay so um, Mel, right quick, you know, yeah. Marco, Marco dies. What, what was that? I mean, especially to prepare for that and what well, was a huge bummer reading it, you know what I mean? And then it looked like, it's like, I mean, great. It's I like, got this oh, great job. Goodness. And, and, you know, and also, you know, you meet, you, you've met all these great people and you're thinking, oh, wow, this is really like, and then you die on the, on the page initially, you know what I mean? And then, uh, but, but then, um, I don't know. I, I feel like. You know, it's what it's part of that teamwork thing where it's like this is what needs to happen to make Saul, Jimmy, Saul Goodman. I mean, this is part of the what we talked about these 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 this these things that make up his psyche and make up who he is as a person, why he became right. what he became. And so to be a part of that was so special, you know, and that, uh, you know, that, yeah, sure, that it, it was great to die. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, you know, uh, ultimately, because, you know, 
just you know what these guys do in the show it was just very it was very cool to be a part of like i said to be you know i'll live on in jimmy's ring yeah you know by the way you never you no know, can't can't make any promises i know you but, guys wrote but, but i mean you, you we, we we live in the past all the time on yes. this show it doesn't mean you know we can't can't ever say for sure whether we'll you know you fingers never know. crossed yeah yeah, yeah. Thank so, you. Well, Jimmy's not Jimmy's not fully saw yet, so you know that's true. And I that's mean, true. I'm going to be. This is embarrassing, but I'm going to admit it. I never, I never thought about Jimmy's ring. Uh, I mean, uh, Saul Goodman's ring, and it just never really. I never thought about it on Breaking Bad. Yeah. So when it came, you know, when that scene so came cool. up, I was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember the next thing I did was go out and look at the picture. Uh, we have a big gigantic picture that right. was taken, you know, by our our. Uh, our uh, uh, production photographer, Ursula uh, Coyote. Ursula Coyote. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, Vince, that I wanted to speak to you about, um, and unfortunately Peter's not here, since we are at the end and the show is called Better Call Saul, um, when you guys were in the writer's room, you know, how did you guys decide that, okay, yeah, it's not going to be this year that he's turning into Saul Goodman? Well, good question. Uh, we, we, uh, my fear all season long, I can say it now, was that we weren't getting to Saul Goodman fast enough. And by the way, there may be people listening to this who say, well, and you didn't. But <laughs> but uh, I was a little nervous that he was still Jamie McGill at the end of this season. And, you know, with this ending, looks like there's some sort of change in the offing. There's some sort of change afoot. But, but who knows how much change it will really amount to in season two. But, but I have to say, I, I've, I've spoken to this a little bit in other podcasts I'm surprised how much I like Jimmy McGill. I'm surprised how much I root for him, how heroic in a cockeyed way I yeah. find him to be. And now, oddly enough, now that we're breaking uh, season two, we're about a month into it, five weeks into it, and it's hard. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I, am, I have gone 180 degrees around, and now I'm thinking – God, what if we get to Saul Goodman too quick? Because I really love Jimmy McGill. So, you know, but we, I can tell you for sure, we talked about quite a bit about it last season, you know, how quickly. I mean, the, the, the damn show is called Better Call Saul, after all, and, uh, and that, that worried me in a sort of a mechanical way all season long, last season, first season. And now, now I'm thinking, my thinking has, has, has evolved or, or turned around quite a bit. But, uh, Good news is we love this character. Hopefully, uh, viewers do as well. And and whether his name is Jimmy or Saul or even Gene, which it seems to be in his Omaha days, so hopefully people will will stick along, stick stick around and be along for the ride. And you did kind of do a little shout out to the Saul Goodman name when when he's with uh, Stevie in in uh, in Mel's first episode. Yeah, in Mel's episode first right. episode, that he gives his name as Saul Goodman. Goodman. Saul Goodman. Yeah, so there's those little shout outs are fun. But uh That was all over Twitter too. Yeah, yeah. I'll bet I'll yeah. bet that was oh, all yeah. over Twitter. I'll bet that was. That was uh that was a fun thing to be able to throw in. Yeah. yeah. So in closing, one more thing. Uh smoke on the water, how'd you guys decide? I just I think originally it just it, it lent itself best to uh to Mel uh, to Marco being able to sing butthole the word butthole <laughs> over and over again. You know, much better than like stairway to heaven or whatever something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think honestly it was just 
you know, it just seemed like a fun thing for uh, for Marco to be able to, to sing along to, except with his uh, changed up words. Another okay. thing that was all over Twitter, butthole and Saul Goodman. <laughs> cool. Well, um, unfortunately, we need to stop. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming. Arthur, thank you, Mel, Kelly. Vince, thank Peter, you. even though you're already gone. Patrick. Chris. Patrick Fabian, yeah, yeah. You, exactly. Thank you, Kelly. Like, thank you, Kelly. Yeah, thank Patrick you Fabian leaving seems yeah. like like another day. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to seem that way. I fear it's going to seem that way to the listeners as well. <laughs> <laughs> I started on the treadmill on this, and now I'm I've gone 50 miles and I'm dead. <laughs> Listening uh, to this podcast. Thank you as well to Jen Carroll and Joey Lou helping us out yeah yay this is uh wow so this is the end this is it and dr albert i want to get you back we want to get you back next season to hear more about the uh the uh the technical end of things i want to hear about the shooting the, the black and white that beautiful black and white footage you got for the pilot the teaser of the pilot beautiful beautiful stuff Thank sorry you. we didn't get to that too yeah i'm sorry um, arthur I, i'm happy that we found john stewart's replacement um in kelly i know <laughs> I know the Daily Show starring you, Kelly there's, Dixon. There's a lot of people out there in the internet who are like not would not be happy with that. At all. Why do you ever? You know what? Google I'm here and you're there. The so that, so the there. Why do you ever Google yourself? <laughs> Nothing good can come from Googling myself. I don't Google myself. myself. Hey. Some, some people, some people will actually like you know tweet me out like that. Speaking of that though, Mel, are you on Twitter? I am. What's what's your handle? Uh, you know, somebody somebody already had Mel Rodriguez, so I'm uh, somebody already had Mel Rodriguez, so I'm underscore. Mel Rodriguez underscore. So yeah, underscore on both Mel sides. Rodriguez. So it's like okay. Mel Rodriguez on a little stage. Kinda. Mel Rodriguez go. one word under, underscore yeah. Mel Rodriguez. Are you? Are you, uh, are you? Do you have a check mark by your name? I don't have a check mark. <gasps> not yet. You're not verified. No, no not yet. Oh. Ryan Johnson was unverified for a long time, and oh, his thing said unverified and dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, he, now he can't say that. Are you? Are you on Twitter, Arthur? Smart man. And Vince, what's, <laughs> what's yours again? Mine is, uh, what, how do you lead off? Is it hashtag? At, at, hashtag. Uh, okay. At, shoot me in the head if I ever get on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the third time the podcast listeners have heard this joke, and it, it probably has. It, it, it may probably be the does not get funnier. The time we, uh, <laughs> probably does not get funnier every time. Yeah. All right. So, and what are you, Kelly? At Kelly Dixon. At Kelly Dixon. At Peter Gould. At Chris McCaleb. Um, thank you so much, you guys, um, for, uh, for listening and, uh, you know, kind of listening to us ramble. But I think in these last, these last podcasts where we've been rambling, I think it's actually been really, really interesting stuff. I've learned a lot. So me too. I've learned a ton. Well, until um, next season. Thank you again, everyone here. Thank you again, everybody out there. And Bob, take us out. Better call Saul. Yeah. Yay! Yay!